not unto us, not unto us, but unto the name of the Lord be all the praise. Come on.
Welcome to Friday, August 4, 2023. This is the City Breakfast Show live on your dial 97.3 FM. Broadcasting from Adabra to every corner of the globe. On the wings of citynewsroom.com. My name is Nathan Kwa and I'm sitting in for your regular host, Bernard Avle. Thank you so, so much for joining us on this holiday. The holiday is properly placed. It's a Friday holiday. <laughs> Join us on the number 0549-986-996. And let's have breakfast on a holiday. On Twitter at City973, hashtag CityCBS. Music coming in from Koda. Start us off on a Friday morning. We begin with our business sense. 
Business Sense brought to us by ADB. ADB is asking if you are a paid employee or a salaried worker or whether or not you need a personal loan to solve a few financial issues. ADB is offering you a variety of personal loans, including top-up loans at significantly reduced interest rates. You will also enjoy a longer tenure of up to six years. And this offer is open to non-customers as well. Kindly visit the nearest branch or call 0302-210-210 or 0302-224043. ADB, the People's Bank, ADB, truly a great and more. Now that today's business sense... comes from legendary Japanese swordsman Miyamoto Musashi. Now he says, you can only fight the way you practice. You can only fight the way you practice. Now what does that mean? Now it means that in life or in any other field, you have to practice in conditions that mirror or that are even tougher than actual challenges. You need to prepare in conditions that are tougher than the ones you may probably see in work, in life, in business, whatever. Now think about it. Musicians will play, will practice pieces at twice or three times the speed so that the day they perform the actual piece is slower to them and easier to play. At least run with weight tied to their feet so that on the day of performance, they can run faster than the wind. Chess players practice against far better players all the time. So the day they get into competition, two-thirds of the field is not better than they are. Writers will practice meeting deadlines. Or when they are getting ready for a competition, they will write and write and write against the deadline, even though it's imaginary, just to get them in that zone where they can write against the deadline. Now, what does it mean? It means that you need to get yourself prepared and ready for the big occasion. You have to train twice as hard in conditions that mirror or are even tougher than the actual thing you are going to face. So that on the day of the test, on the day of adversity, you will not fail. The Bible talks about your strength failing you in the day of adversity. It means I didn't prepare. Now, the great swordsman Miyamoto Musashi, he used to practice fighting with one hand. So he would put the sword in one hand and train all day. So that in the day of battle, when he held the sword with two hands, he was very comfortable. So that's our business sense for the morning. You can only fight the way you practice. Business sense brought to us by ADB, ADB, the People's Bank, ADB, truly a great and more. We'll get into the newspaper review. Or today we'll call it the news review segment because the papers Charlie did the jam. Anyway, that's what's coming up next on the City Breakfast Show. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS.
641. They're still the City Breakfast Show. Yeah, the holiday vibe is in. So we've enjoyed back-to-back songs from the Ramblers band, First Betani, and then their rendition of the Amir uh, Stewart song, Knock on Wood. Coming up next is the newspaper review brought to us by Fidelity Bank. They've opened a new branch at Amasaman after the Amasaman Total Service Station. So those there, you don't have to move around to find your uh, Fidelity Bank branch. Just right there in your neighborhood. There's a branch there that has been set up to give you superior customer service and a delightful and inviting environment. We look forward to serving you Fidelity Bank. Believe with us. The segment is also brought to us by Total Energies, Marketing Ghana PLC. Right, on a holiday, well, as expected, the newspapers are not around. But we'll still go through the online portals. Since they are functioning and they have loads of stories for us to consume. So let me welcome the guys. Richard Delasca is here, um, decked out in his uh, Make It Ghana t-shirt. <laughs> We're making it Ghana. I'll Ghana, tell you, Ghana, tell Ghana. You, tell you. You Caleb know? Kuda is also here. Caleb Kuda, how are you doing? Yeah, oh, well, I'm okay. Batik tie and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it. Batik. Yes. You know? yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a beautiful <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah. 
Batik. Ah, you don't study Batik for school, eh? No. Oh, I, I did see. Calabash arts. You did Calabash arts. Yeah. Oh, I see. Calabash. It's part of the arts. Actually. Yes, it is. Oh, so you did visual arts? Isn't it? No, I didn't do visual arts. Well, how I did, did you general do Calabash arts? arts? So pre-vocational skills. Oh, this was in okay. JSS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. That's a good man. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> but today is a Friday. Yeah, with a Friday mix, though. I, I, I forgot it's a holiday, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a holiday. It's in the founders. So, you know, it'll be Friday, yeah, so today, this founder, founders, what do you do? Founders. So, today is the founders. Oh, that must explain why the f- traffic was so fluid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but I want to caution the motorists who are using the uh, N1 from the Malam end. Mm. There's a vehicle that has broken down in a very sharp turning. Okay. It has no triangle. So okay. please mm. uh, be mindful when you get there. There are no leaves there, right? Nothing. Agbamalio, Tayamalio, Nadakamalio. It's a problem. You know, if you don't have triangle, at least put some leaves on. Yeah, we seen, know that there's I've something happening. I've seen people use yam, yam before. But it, so more like tri- triangle. More like, more like triangle. <laughs> oh, wow, I love that. Triangle. <laughs> triangle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into the online portals. They are the ones who are functioning. Yes, yes, yes. Larry Dugbe and all the people, they are, they are sleeping. So, <laughs> uh, let me take you to City uh, Newsroom. Yes. Um, the big story, one of them there, says that model for National Cathedral Project most, most reckless mm. in Ghana's history. Uh, Black was speaking there. And yesterday in Parliament, the House actually decided that they are going to set up a committee to look into yes. the National Cathedral, Cathedral matter. And uh, there was also a tr- trouble there in the House as to whether, uh, you know, they should form the committee immediately, as in determine the membership immediately. The minority guys said they were ready with their, their membership, but the majority guys said, no, there was little consultation. Mm. And so they wanted to consult further. So on that score, that's what it is. And in fact, CTFM has that story on uh, the city newsroom. Parliament says a committee to probe National Cathedral. Also, GRA defense contract with Safaritech Ghana. And then on MPP primaries, Alan campaign raises concerns over anomalies discovered in delegates register mm. uh, on citybusinessnews.com kia attains level one customer experience accreditation by aci that's mm. some exciting that's news beautiful. there and uh, bog is still answering questions arising from the 60 billion ghana cd loss uh, government is targeting conclusion of key aspects of the ddep by september 2023 and uh the finance ministry has been engaging journalists on the mid-year budget review. There are more labor stories on citybusinessnews.com when you visit. Uh, move to Class FM quickly. It says every country must uh, must have free education. This is Johnson uh, Selif speaking. And uh, Dr. Koboy is opening two new uh, um, national health insurance offices in the Western North region. Akufado's new Patapa party should think about Ghanaian contractors. This is coming from Agboja. And Guta raises concerns of astronomical port tariff increases. The National Cathedral story is also here. Uh, National Cathedral Project Parliament launches full-scale 
probe into impropriety, as Sky read early on. And the minority caucus <coughs> demands parliamentary approval for okay. debt write-off by the Bank of Ghana. Okay, if you go to myjoyonline.com, NDC is lashing out at Nanado's administration over claims it has stabilized the economy. Still in the, in the economy, Parliament um, has ordered the Finance Minister to present DDEP uh, for consideration. Uh, further in there, there's a story about the arts uh, industry. Um, so there's uh, one here quoting, uh, what's the name, Lil Wen, is that how you call him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need a ministry solely for creative arts. Uh, Kujun Kansa, Lil Wen. Lil Wen. Lewin. <laughs> Lewin. Okay. I can't, right. I can't think far. <laughs> I can't think for badness. We win and it just you know. That's the man. And no and no and no. And then also there's an audacious odyssey, if you like. Yes, <laughs> Thirteen Ghanaians and back on bold ten thousand kilometer road trip from Accra. To London, That's so right. um, not a voyage in the sense of uh, getting onto a boat and or a dinghy, yeah, they are, they are yeah but they were they are driving, they want it's to an reach London. Story uh, yeah. to wow, that. interesting story! Very anyway, if you go to citysportonline.com, they have some stories. GFA presidential election set for September 27. In the women's world cup, you know, a few interesting stories. Uh, Morocco, they've reached the last 16. Mm. This is their debut. It's their first time at the Women's World Cup and they've made the last 16. Mm. While Germany have been eliminated. Mm. So that's a shocker there. Um, in other stories, we are committed to promoting basketball in the Ghanaian ecosystem. That's uh, Yungo World founder speaking there. And uh, there's a feature on the University of Ghana Special Sports Fund right. and how it is nurturing the future sports superstars. And Arsenal's Gabriel Jesus to miss the start of the season due to a knee injury. Um, let's go international. And the BBC, which is very good friend, Donald Trump. Yeah, my man. <laughs> he says, Trump pleads not guilty yes. to 2020 election. <laughs> yes. This is persecution, not prosecution. How is this persecution? How is persecution? <laughs> Interference with you know, the, the, the the elections in the U- U- United States of America. And that's what he's been accused of doing. No, no. They are actually seeking to interfere because the man is leading in the polls and they want to bring, you know, frivolous charges. <laughs> At least that's what he says. <laughs> okay. Anyway, now Canada's Alberta drops bid for Commonwealth Games. So that's the city in Canada, Alberta. They were initially... Ho- um, angling to host the 2026 Commonwealth Games, but that is not happening. And sea drone attack reported on Russian Black Sea mm. base, plus Niger president calls on US for help after o- coup. On starfm.com, uh, Oforiata has degraded media budget review. Oh. This is Nimoy Thompson speaking. And NDC clears nine constituencies to hold parliamentary primaries. Bagbin refers... 187 million Ghana City kitchen cabinet scandal to the Finance Committee for Investigation and Cecilia Dapakis. AG taking over prosecution could compromise outcome of probe. 
Vitus Azim is speaking here. And Minority directs BOG to reinstate over 32 billion Ghana City written of government debt. So Star FM is offering these stories on their portals this morning. And if you go to us, uh, cradio.com, Akufuado Commission, 6.6 million uh, dollar Shaiman and uh, Benkuman sewage and treatment plants. Akufuado again, for August or August 4, most appropriate day to celebrate countries for bears. And then another story here uh, says, um, Hey Atu, is this hey, you Atu. again? That is Alexa <laughs> taking on the minority leader. And police officer, journalist and lecturer remanded over robbery. Now, if you go to the Ghana News uh, Agency um, dot org dot gh treason trial nib should be commending me not charging me that is coming in from bozo speaker of parliament urges government to scrap taxes on sanitary baths also makes yeah. the, the news and then G- giba is also going to court over tv channel fees some other stories here uh, including uh you know some 600 people benefiting in four months from uh, some government projects here and there mm. Okay, all right. I, I think <clears throat> we should get into um, the details, the details right. of yeah. the stories. Where do we want to begin? Parliament, National Cathedral. National Cathedral on my mind. Okay, all right. Okay, so, so if you go to citynewsroom.com, yes. quickly, this one on uh, the Honorable Okujetua Blackwa. Yes. Uh, it says the Member of Parliament for Not Tong, Samuel Okujetua Blackwa, says Ghanaians need to recognize that the model adopted for the National Cathedral project has been the most reckless model used for any national project. There's a quote here that says, why do I say so? There have been uh, massive uh, demolition. The scholarship secretariat was demolished. The passport head office was demolished. The Judicial Training Institute was demolished. Judges' bungalows were also demolished, leading to a prominent uh, appeal court judge resigning in protest. Then you have the Malian ambassador whose residence was also demolished as we speak the malians are piling a pressure for a replacement for the ambassador's residence which could degenerate into a diplomatic uh, row that's what he wants to say but yeah. we, we have um, spelt it wrongly so city newsroom please correct that it's a row yes, diplomatic, diplomatic row, row. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's right and then also mr blackwell was speaking in an interview with umar sanda amadou on eyewitness news right. yesterday on city fm right isaac g joamanu is writing for uh, starfm.com and it says ufriata has degraded media budget review Noi thompson is speaking here Ghanaian economist Ni Moy Thompson has said the Minister for Finance, Ken Ofriata, has degraded the media budget review. Quote, the public, the public Financial Management Act 2016 requires every finance minister to present a physical review of the budget and the economy to Parliament every July. The current finance minister, however, has steadily degraded the exercise into a comical display of incoherent biblical quotations, completely disregarding the cocoa and Kose issues that matter most to Ghanaians. He was at it again on 31st July 2023 when he appeared in the People's House, the Economist indicated in a statement. So, okay, it's a full statement below that is taking on the finance minister. He's saying he's not addressing the Koko and Kose issues. Okay. He has degraded the whole exercise. Anyway, if you go to... um the uh, let's do some politics 
And the MPP is here. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> they are front and center, and the campaign team of the former Minister of Trade and Industry and flag bearer aspirants of the MPP, Alan Tremantin, has raised concerns over some anomalies it discovered uh-huh. in the register for the special delegate conference of the party. Okay. Now, in a um, in an August 2 letter addressed to the chairman of the presidential elections committee, the team said the issues needed to be addressed before the super delegates conference mm. set for August 26. Now, Nana Hining too writes, quote, I write for and on on behalf of uh, the Alan for President campaign. Aspirants were advised to review the register for the special delegates conference and to return their comments within a week of receipt of the register. Some comments were made by the campaign team upon review of the register, which the team is urging the party to address for transparency purposes. Now, the full letter has been captured by citynewsroom.com. So, we wait to see what happens next. Okay. Mm. okay. Meanwhile, uh, today is Founders Day, right? Yes, it mm. is. <laughs> That's what uh, we are celebrating. So, we have a holiday. Let's get Ghana where it should be. The president, Akufuado, has been quoted by the GNA mm-hmm. as uh, saying on their website. Now, the story says President Anadu Dankwe Kufuado has asked the citizenry to stand up to the vision of the nation's forebears to, quote-unquote, get Ghana where it should be. Uh, the people ought to make the struggle for a free and independent nation uh, count by upholding the rule of law, respect for individual liberties and human rights, and the principles of democratic account. <laughs> 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 Why are you laughing? You just have to add fellow Ghanaians. That's why you don't even bring, you know, Hamza Kuku. Oh my God. Kuku and Kosej. So I should bring Kuku and Kosej. Because this one is like, you know. Finally, it doesn't fix what you hear me. So yeah, the president said we should get Ghana go, get Ghana there. You remember that Barcelona 90? Yeah, they say get Ghana go, get Ghana there. Yeah, so that be the whole story. The president said we should celebrate that thing. Sky, twenty-seven immigration officers have been interdicted over alleged visa fraud and recruitment, etc. Mm. Maxwell Ofori is reporting for the Chronicle. The Ghana Immigration Service has interdicted twenty-seven of its officers over alleged recruitment and visa fraud. The interdiction, which took place on Monday, July 31, twenty twenty-three, involved three senior officers and 24 junior officers. The offenses relates to bringing uh, the name of the service into disrepute. Mm-hmm. A statement issued by the service had said in a circular signed by the Comptroller General of Immigration, Mr. Kwame Shiatichi, the interdicted officers were alleged to be involved in offenses including recruitment and mm-hmm. all visa fraud, among others, contrary to Regulation 1381A and K of the Immigration Service Regulation. The officers the GIS say have been interdicted to allow for thorough investigations into their cases in line with internal disciplinary procedures after which they will be prosecuted where necessary. According to the statement signed by uh, what, see, superintendent, corporate superintendent, 
Michael Amuakwata, um, head of public relations, the interdicted officers are Chief Superintendent Philipson Adeti, Superintendent Dominic Eshon, Assistant Superintendent of Immigration Marvin Esando, Senior Inspector Augustin Niyama, and the names go on and on. So if you have a friend in the immigration, we want to check it out if if he made the list. Okay, all right, guys, I think we'll wrap it up here. Oh, okay. Uh, let me just announce quickly that you know mm-hmm. the uh, Volta Regional Bar Association, yes, which is a part of the Ghana Bar Association. Tonight they are organizing a defeating event, uh, which is to celebrate some of the finest juries coming in from uh, the Volta region mm-hmm. who have retired okay. from the Supreme Court. That event is happening at the Lancaster Hotel, uh, which is former Golden Tulip. This evening um, at um, five thirty, five fifty, there about people okay. to be seated. And uh, there is a statement to that effect. It's a black tie event. Thank you. So and dress appropriately. Yeah, yeah, that's why you should uh, dress appropriately. Should people so go you have to black people. Does it come with a new dress or black The city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Minute after seven, coming up next is the City Business News brought to us by MTN and Goyle. Uh, how are Idrissi Mustafa is here with the latest. Hello and welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goyle and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, LPG Marketers Association welcomes the planned implementation of the cylinder recirculation policy and government committed to ensure Ghana's transition to electric cars by the year 2030. Details of our stories now. The liquefied petroleum gas marketers association has welcomed the planned implementation of the cylinder recirculation policy. The National Petroleum Authority, NPA, will from September this year begin the implementation of the revised cylinder recirculation policy policy. Although the LPG marketers had initially opposed the move, they have since welcomed the policy after assurances from government that it will gradually phase out the old module until a complete phase out. According to the NPA, four bottling plants are ready for takeoff, hoping to increase capacity by 50% by 2030. President of the LPG Marketers Association, Gabriel Komi, has been speaking to City Business News. Initially, MPA wanted to close down the existing LPG outlet uh, without compensation and then introduce a new policy. That is what we kicked against. And unfortunately, we had a meeting with uh, MPA on Tuesday. That meeting, we both agreed that uh, the two policies should run side by side. We also agreed to give ourselves some time and, and gradually face the old system out. The old policy is a policy that has been in, in existence for the past 30 years. Even from the consumer's point of view, uh, having that uh, 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 immediate switch from one policy to, uh, to, the another, to the other will not be in the interest of the consumer. Gabriel Kumi is president of the LPG Marketers Association, but what are the strategies by the National Petroleum Authority for the planned rollout? Head of gas in charge of commercial regulation at the NPA, Obed Crane Washi, has been providing details. Now, in terms of our strategies for rollouts, we were conducting, we are conducting some assessment of the current stations in the country. The idea is to categorize them so that we know the risk levels of these stations in the rollout of CRF. Also, 
we intend to use the existing facilities as much as we can. And so we are looking at how we are going to repurpose some of the facilities at these stations if necessary. Also, we seek to introduce new facilities or expand on the facilities. And so in terms of our licensing categories, as I indicated earlier, there are new licensing categories for Tender uh, uh, Exchange Point and Autocar Station. Obed Crane Boache is the head of gas in charge of commercial regulation at the National Petroleum Authority. The government says it is committed to ensure Ghana's transition to electric cars by 2030. The transition would assist in lessening the negative effect of climate change, reducing health risks and preventing the dumping of fossil fuel vehicles in the country. Under the Paris Climate Agreement, the government has prepared a national electric vehicle policy to solicit stakeholder input and enable the country to transition from the use of fossil fuel vehicles to electric vehicles to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and global warming. Speaking at a media engagement in Accra on the draft National Electric Vehicle Policy, Deputy Transport Minister Al-Hassan Tampoli stated that as global automotive markets begin to phase out fossil-fueled vehicles in favor of electric vehicles, Ghana risks becoming a dumping ground if collaborative efforts to transition to electric vehicles are not harnessed. It has to be said very, very forcefully that this policy would come. The electric vehicles would come whether we like it or not. So we better be prepared for it. And the statistics shows that there is a gradual shift away from ICE internal combustion engines to electric vehicles. We have a number of charging infrastructure here in Accra. So the vehicles that use electric engines have some places that they go to charge the cars. We are a major emitter of greenhouse gases. Al-Hassan Temple is Deputy Minister of Transport. Let's now see how the city is faring against some major trading currencies. On the interbank foreign exchange market, where banks trade amongst themselves, the dollar remained unchanged, still staying at 11 cities. The British pound lost a peso selling at 13 cities, 99 pesos. The euro remained unchanged and selling at 12 cities. However, at some forest bureaus in the capital, the dollar is selling at 11 cities, 65 pesos, while the British pound is selling at 15 cities, 20 pesos, and the euro is going for 12 cities, 75 pesos. Let's now join Gillian Hammer of Data Bank for part four of the topic, Five Steps to Creating Your Investment Plan. Today, we continue with the five steps to create an investment plan. As a reminder, step one was to set specific and realistic goals. Step two was to calculate how much money you need to save each month. Step three was to choose your investment strategy, while step four was to develop an investment policy statement with your advisor. The fifth and final step is to review your plan regularly. Your investment strategy, risk tolerance, and goals may change as your life situation changes. It's a good idea, therefore, to review your investment plan once a year to make sure you are on track. Your review can include reassessing your risk tolerance, checking your financial goals, and making the necessary changes to your portfolio. 
That was Gillian Hammer of Data Bank with part two of the topic, five steps to creating your investment plan. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goyle and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Hawa Idrisu Mustafa. Thank you for doing the listening. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Nine after seven. Coming up next is the City Business News. But before we get into that, the City Business News was brought to us by MTN. Now, have you ever wondered how to subscribe to a particular MTN service, how to view, add, or cancel your mobile subscription from... All from one place, just dial star 175. Hash to access and manage all your subscriptions everywhere you go. The City Business News was also brought to us by Goyle. Now, what do you do when you run out of fuel in your vehicle? Do you just top up anywhere? Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Let's introduce you to the Good Energy family and why you must be part. Go Super XP 195 and Diesel XP are the best quality fuels on the market. You can also get the Goyle Diesel XP, which is low in sulfur, making it an eco-friendly option for your vehicle. Now, Goyle has over 440 service stations across the country, so there's no excuse. You can't say I couldn't find the Goyle. Join the family that rewards you with quality for an energized driving experience. Go good energy, go. Now, sending money to Nigeria has never been this easy, convenient, and exciting. Through the new Pan-African Payment and Settlement System, you can send and receive to and from Nigeria in minutes for business and personal purposes. You can also send and receive money to and from Liberia and the Gambia. For more information on the Pan-African Payment and Settlement System or PAPS, please call 0596-921921. FBN Bank, you first. Now, what does uh, wealth mean to you? Do you want to live like a tycoon? Remember, the person who has the mola has the power. Ghana's newest lottery game draws live on Adum TV at 9 a.m., 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. daily. Now, pick up your phones, tablets and computers and download the Game Park Games app on Play Store. You can also play on our website, gameparkgames.com or dial star 946 hash on all networks. All you have to do is choose four numbers between 0 and 9 and it's easy to play, easy to win. Nobody beats our out in Ghana. Game Park Games, more mola, more power. This game is regulated by the NLA, not for people below 18. Remember to play responsibly. Right, let's get into the City Business Edition. 
And as we get closer to the This Is Ghana exhibition, we'll be talking more about Ghana's consumer and retail markets. So here's a replay of our City Business Festival chat we had with former Deputy Trade Minister Robert Ahum Kalinti on producing to compete globally. That's what we are giving you today. Founders Day Holiday Edition of the City Breakfast Show. Coming up next is the City Business Edition. Enjoy. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. to compete globally. My guest is a man I admire so much. Worked in various fields, done lots of work in the private sector. Uh, the peak of that was with Coca-Cola uh, on the continental level. Came back to Ghana, worked at the GIPC as the chief executive under the Kufa administration, worked on Kufa's private sector advisory council, and then also became a deputy minister for trade in the first Akufuado period. Robert Aunkalinse is my guest and I just want his ideas around producing to compete globally. This week we've been talking about understanding retail markets, the retail supply value chain, and all of those things. But at the end of the day, Ghana has to compete. And Robert's one of the people who understands the chain from the beginning to end. Robert, great to have you. Thank you. Real pleasure. Good to be here again. I, I'm just reflecting on your public sector experience mm -hmm. in private sector. So you've done GIPC, you've done trade, you've done advisory council. Prior to that, you worked in different companies across the continent. When we talk about after and private sector, it should be something like your lifeblood. It's, it's, it's like the kind of thing you, 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 you eat every day. Look, there is no doubt about it. When I look at after, what it stands for, mm. trade, cross-border mm. trade, mm. Um, competitiveness, value chain development, these are things that have been part and parcel of my life for the past 40 years. Mm. Very interesting. A lot of people say to me, Ghana's done a lot of mm -hmm. work in agriculture, mm -hmm. and now we should move to services mm -hmm. without necessarily industrializing. Mm -hmm. I, I know that there's a lot of nuance to this question. What are your thoughts? Can we become a first world country without going through the industrialization phase? My viewpoint very strongly is no. Mm. Mm. And I'm not saying this because this is Robert's belief on it. Mm -hmm. No country, no country has managed to attain the level of sustainable development without industrializing. Mm -hmm. It is not to say the services sector is not important, but the reason why industrialization is such an important part of a development path mm -hmm. is that industrialization provides a few very key th points that are key for a country's development. Mm -hmm. One of the things industrialization does is that it improves the skill set mm. of people. Mm -hmm. And we always forget that. Industrialization improves skill sets of the ordinary man and woman along the industrial path. So you may start off, let's say, I just putting two pieces of, let's say, a vehicle 
or even two pieces together in a, in, in, in a production line. But over time, your skill set goes up where you can then do three, then four. Then you can even con control computers to do it and robots. So industrialization, one of the key aspects what industrialization does is that it provides greater skill sets to people. Mm. The second key area which I think industrialization does and people don't really, are not grappling with is that, Bernard, Ghana is a developing country. The vast majority of our people mm -hmm. are in the informal mm. developing side. What we need today is labor-intensive absorptive industries that can take the millions of men and women. Mm. Because if we don't take them, where are they going to go? I'm mm. not talking about 10, 15 years from now where we've trained people to be able to work in a different um, environment. But today... We need labor-intensive industries that can absorb literally the millions of young men and women today looking for a job. Mm. They can't wait till three-year plan. They need it now. So industrialization or manufacturing has a bigger platform for employment than services? Huge absorptive capacity. Okay. But it's also absorptive capacity, let me say, at the right skill level. Mm -hmm. So if I'm talking about the services sector, yes, the services sector, like tourism, has different skill sector. But if you're talking about banking and finance or some of these, you require a different set of skill levels to be able to absorb, let's say, 7 million, 8 million people in a two- or three-year period. And it takes time to build those skills. But labor-intensive industries, manufacturing, are able to absorb those people quicker with less training, I'm not saying that it's not important, than you would do if you look at some of the other areas. And that is an important aspect of also of industrialization. Mm. The third area of industrialization, which I think is very important, at least to what you are trying to drive at, is that it allows you to start to build centers of excellence and ability to build skill sets that allow you to start to think about becoming a leading player mm. in certain areas. Mm. So you want to export, but I don't know how to make it. Mm. Let me, if I'm doing three, 10, 15, then I know, okay, we're actually really good at the garments and textiles. We have built some skill sets there. Now let's take that skill set and develop it further to export. So that is some of the things that industrialization, and by the way, that is the path South Korea went through, mm -hmm. Singapore went through, even China went through that. We keep forgetting that the early days of China, anything that was manufactured was a joke. People used to throw it away. We laughed at it, but they learned. Now the world's factory is in China. Now China is moving to the next level of manufacturing. They're moving into the higher base. Now they're looking at IT, etc. The same thing happened in India to a very large extent, but you need to start to build because your plan is not for the 10% of the population mm. that are skilled, highly trained, the university graduate. We must take along the rest of the country. So I get your point on manufacturing, absorptive capacity, the pace at which it can be done, centers of excellence and all of these things. So does that then mean that if a nation wants to industrialize based on manufacturing, there is like a logical um, progression of industries that they can build so that you don't start with microchips 
that you're probably going to start with adding value to food. So if you can work, work me, work that for me. Okay. Talk to me about how do you progress on the ladder of manufacturing to become competitive. So the reality is this. Mm -hmm. We must look at who Ghana is today mm -hmm. and what we can and cannot do and be very honest with ourselves. And the answer to your question is yes. You must progressively become more of an expert and progressively build greater skill set in the manufacturing process. So it means that day one, yes, you can try and build a microchip factory, but you only employ maybe 5,000 people. But bring me a more labor-intensive industry, like one that does processing of tomatoes. or pro Then I'll employ 400,000 people. Mm. And I need 400,000 people today. And the point of the matter is that as you, let's say we start, let's say with the, um, let, let's look at something very simple, cotton. The process of cotton into yarns. Mm -hmm. With the picking, what you go through in terms of the, the processes, mm -hmm. what you go through into presentation, preparation. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing clothes yet. Mm -hmm. I'm still at that early stage. The skill set, that is why it's called labor intensive. The skill mm -hmm. sets require hands, and I'm using mm -hmm. those to describe labor. They require hands. Mm -hmm. They don't require necessarily machines. Now, what do we have now? We have lots and lots of hands that need a job. And those hands are not skilled yet to manage those machines in a manner, in efficiency, which you can 20 years down the road. So we must invite those as part of the manufacturing process, you must understand that it's a journey. It's like saying you're starting a new job. A very mm. practical example. And I know it may sound a little, but what you can do today, Bernard, as a role you play today, mm -hmm. compared to what you could do 10 years ago. Pulls apart. The skills that you've built just mm. by working mm. the process mm. is giving you now options that you never even had. Yeah. But... If you just said to me, okay, go and do that. If somebody told you 10 years ago, Bernard, do what you're doing today, you would have looked at them and said, look, how am I? I don't have this. Not that you haven't got the potential. It's there. Mm -hmm. But you haven't had time to build the skill set. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That is why when you enter organization, you don't enter as managing director. Mm -hmm. You enter some, you know, when you look at some of them family, they send their kids to the mailroom because they want them to understand every step of the stage. So it is very important for us to understand that right now, and by the way, as I'm saying, this is not unique to Ghana. Mm -hmm. If you read Lee Kuan Yew's book, mm -hmm. he will tell you they had a specific strategy of going out, and this is what I think we should be doing in Ghana today, going out to look for labor-intensive industries that fit the requirement and capability of their people. Right now, you have a lot of the situation where in Asia, Southeast Asia, a number of these entities, they can't even get the hands, and I'm wow. the same. They can't get them. They haven't got enough people, young people. One of the factors that is going for Africa and Ghana so well is that we have a large group of young people. Mm. We have the hands. So <laughs> cotton is one where you move into fa uh, fabrics. As, as an example. As an example. Yes. So it suggests to me that Agric and agribusiness could be the place Agric and agribusiness is a very important, but it's not the only one. All right. And I think that is what I want to, to stress. Okay. That if you look at a country like Bangladesh that went very big in the, in the uh, garments industry, mm -hmm. okay, we have that potential. If you look at Ghana, used to have a very... So it's agric and agribusiness. 
But agri and agribusiness goes further, and we'll come on to that and we'll look at some mm -hmm. of the other options. Mm -hmm. But I just want to take the point is that labor-intensive... Look, I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Years ago, mm -hmm. when cars were being assembled, it was a labor-intensive process. The Japanese are the ones that brought okay. the change. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. At that time, if we had had it, fine. Right now, a vehicle assembly process is highly automated mm -hmm. by definition. Sure. It's just a fact. You can't run away from it. It's the reality. Mm. It doesn't mean that's not a market we want to play in because mm -hmm. we may have aluminium for other reasons. Mm -hmm. So we need to find some of those labor-intensive industries which now need a new home. Mm. And we have the people for. So we build the technical and vocational skills of our people. Mm -hmm. Something as simple, Bernard, of clocking in. You know... Most people in Ghana don't clock in. You know, 80% yeah, yeah. of people are employed in the informal sector mm -hmm. in this country. Mm -hmm. It looks very simple to clock in. This discipline of coming at 8 o'clock and at 5 o'clock, everybody moves out. This is a discipline you pick up. Mm -hmm. The discipline of rep repetitive processes mm -hmm. to build the skill set and the efficiencies and the precision mm -hmm. are things you learn. Mm -hmm. You will not learn that by chance. If I'm on the streets... Or if I'm working in an informal setting where a lot of things are ad hoc. Mm -hmm. Not to say that you shouldn't work because you need to feed yourself, mm -hmm. but they're ad hoc. It's one of the reasons why I was so keen on the, on the, um, the survey that was recently done. Do you remember when I, I was so keen on reading that survey? Because a couple of things came out that survey. This is that, a statistical survey yes, on labor. On labor. The Ghana labor survey. Did you look, Bernard, the majority of people employed in Ghana today are in sectors that are the most risky of being sacked. Mm -hmm. Those are the things. And so you build a society, you build development around certainty and predictability. Mm -hmm. If I have a job that I know every month I'm going to get a 1,000 Ghana cities, then I start planning. I plan for my clothes, my kids, my holiday, my ex, and things flow through. So these are some of the things that we need to understand that the process of industrialization, mm -hmm. you can't hop it. You can help yourself quicker along the... So, for instance, you can learn, but you must learn. You cannot replace knowledge with an external factor. Mm. Because at the end of the day, we must take the majority of Ghanaians along with us, not just the 10 or 20% mm. that need to get a job. We're talking to Robert Anka Lindsay, and our topic this morning is on producing to compete globally. And this is our fourth day in our third week of the City Business Festival on a series on radio. And we've been discussing retail markets, we've been discussing value chain and all those interesting things. Today we are trying to understand how to produce to compete globally. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll delve into supply chain issues. So again, the, 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 the manufacturing process these days has a lot of different things where you have one product having like 15 parts from 15 markets. How can a country like Ghana position itself to be part of that, where you specialize in some components? Because even for something as basic as a chocolate bar, mm -hmm. you will be surprised the number of places that the producers source parts to bring it together into one bar. Yeah. And a lot of times people just focus on just what we are producing without looking at which part of the final product we can also play. We'll deal with that as well. And then we'll also talk about the after, because now people are talking about a borderless continent, borders have been removed, 
what can we use to penetrate other markets within the continent? And then, of course, what skills do we need to give our people to make them great? Welcome back to the City Business Festival, our honor series on radio. My guest, Robert Amkalinse, a man who's worked in the private sector. Very interesting, you have, I think your work life has been nicely split between <laughs> working privately and working publicly. Yes. I don't know how long you've worked, but you sort of have found a way to, to transition. Just a quick thought on that. How, diff how different is it working for government from working for, say, Coca-Cola? <laughs> It's like chalk and cheese. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Completely different. I will be very honest with you. Mm. Um, you see, when you work for a corporate like Coca-Cola, the mm. systems are so structured mm -hmm. that you are almost, you, you, can't, you don't have an op option of going outside a certain area. They encourage creativity, but it's done within a very straight jacket. Mm -hmm. uh, while in government, I have found a lot more flexibility so, I mean, let me give you a very small example. Um, in the time I was working in government, a performance, a performance report, something that in Coke I almost did every quarter, I very rarely did it. And that was something very strange to somebody's work in the private sector where you constantly your performance is being um, judged against your, your, your outcomes. So these are some of the things that I, 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 just as an example, but the two are key. The important thing to remember is that you can't do one without the other. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I went to the public sector. The other point is that for some countries like Singapore, they built strong public sector. Yes. I had mates in business school from Singapore yes. who were going back to work for government. Yes. Even though a lot of people, when they came to do an MBA, wanted to transition into another job in Europe. These guys had well-paid jobs in public sector, and they were very proud to go back and work for government. You see, Bernard, I think this is one of the greatest opportunities that we have today. Mm. When I look at the constitution that we have in Ghana now, mm. it only states that the president has to take a majority, that's, let's say 51% mm -hmm. from parliament. 49% mm -hmm. can still come from outside parliament. And one of the things I liked about Lee Kuan Yew, he did not waste time on how much he paid you. He focused on what you were going to deliver. And so when you look at, now it's called the Economic Development Board of Singapore, the sorts of salaries people were being paid there, but compared to what they were delivering, it became an important factor. And I think we have still got a huge opportunity in Ghana to leverage the skill set of our private sector because you can't do without the other. The two are so critical to each other's success. Open our eyes to how connected the world is when it comes to production. A lot of times people feel this country is known for this. Yes. Switzerland produced chocolates. Uh, Germany produced cars. Uh, mm -hmm. Bangladesh, they do textile. Pakistan, they do the footballs. But I get the sense that production is increasingly becoming globalized. Yes. Where countries are focusing on very specific things. So a small, tiny part of a product could be imported from Ecuador to be brought to Germany, to be joined to something made in Japan, to be sold in the U.S. So it looks like there's a lot of different things happening in that, that particular space. Just work with me and explain a bit how these global supply chains work and why Ghana and how Ghana can begin to think about being a bigger player in those spaces. So, Bernard, here is the reality. The global supply chain started even at slavery time. The mm. British Empire, the Portuguese Empire, mm. it was about supply chain. 
it was about supplying the raw material base mm -hmm. that was important for the Industrial Revolution of the North. That's why they did it. They didn't come here because they wanted to come in and see Africans or Indians. They needed a supply of raw materials. So supply chain management has been, to me, at the core of everything imperialistic over the past three, 400 years, if you mm. look at it. You can look at our cocoa as a prime example. Gold, timber, bauxite, mm -hmm. copper from Zambia. Mm -hmm. The North has not had the raw material, but what they had focused on is making sure they could source the raw material and process them mm -hmm. in the North. Mm. Create the jobs, create the value, and make sure that value stayed there. So when you're looking at supply chain what has happened now in the more recent past is that because of the way the world has opened up with technology, it's even easier. So today, a buyer can sit in Frankfurt, mm -hmm. London, mm -hmm. Tokyo, New York, and at the press of a button, source from everywhere in the world without leaving their office. And you, in the past, you have to have the link, you have to have shipping, and they can do everything without leaving. Mm. So what that is telling you is that Increasingly, supply chain is becoming more complex. It is global in nature and is also extremely competitive. Mm. If you want to sell rock salt for the petrochemical industry, you can get it from Brazil, from India, from China, from the Caribbean. Mm. And you don't have to go anywhere to go and get it. So the supply chain system is based on that. If you look at large corporates, they have whole departments all they look at is ensuring that their supply chain is absolutely solid. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't sort out your supply chain, you are finished. Add to the fact that technology and transport has made the ability of having transnational supply chains much easier. Mm -hmm. Your point you were making. Mm -hmm. Airbus is built in how many countries? Bit from here, bit from there, bit from here, bit there, and assembled, finally, I believe, in France. Mm -hmm. But it's come from all over the EU mm -hmm. in different parts. Mm -hmm. The same can be said even of our dear chocolate. The beans come from here, the packaging comes from there, then we don't go and buy Swiss chocolate. But all that should be telling us is that if you want to start providing global products, now, I'm talking about global. I'm not talking domestic yet. We, I'm separating the two. If you want to supply global products, you have to understand that the market you are involved in, the nature of that market, and how competitive that market is that you are trying to get involved in. So it means that your homework and your competitive advantage, your unique selling points, has to be so clear to make sure that when you, are t when you take that product from country A to country B, you can say, I can provide you this, and this is why you should buy my product versus the one that you've either been buying already or somebody else was trying to pitch to you. Are things like AGOA and EPAs the way to go? So Africa Group Opportunity Act, tariff-free, quota-free access, wide range of products, like they call it the non-traditional exports, textiles, yam. Do, are those things what we need in 2023, those kinds of things? Because I, I feel like there's still the need for some forbearance from the side of the advanced world for entry into certain markets. Because when I visited the WTO, one of the big conversations was around 
they call it market access, mm -hmm. where countries are stridently protecting their markets, the Europeans, the Americans, the Chinese. There's always conversations about what you can sell where. Now, so in terms of market access for our products, our NTEs, is it still important for us to be asking for those kinds of favorable terms to give our producers a chance to get a feel of what it means to produce globally? So I think this is where it's a bit of a yes or no. We have had these agreements for an awful long time, Bennett, and we have still not been able to breach some of these markets. Why? Because the protectionism is still very high in this mm. market. You try and get a processed agricultural process in the EU, then you see what protectionism means. Mm. Try and get certain types of pro products into the US, then you understand what protection means, both tariff and non-tariff barriers. Mm. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, I understand very, very clearly the importance of giving an opportunity for us to access those markets. Mm -hmm. But there's a flip side to that that I want to come to. There is an economic theory that says that when you are manufacturing, you cover your fixed costs locally and sell at the marginal cost. Mm. All that means is that basically you must make sure that you can sell your products locally mm -hmm. to cover basically your fixed costs, the cost mm -hmm. you can't you can't do anything about. Mm -hmm. so that means you must have a big enough local market to absorb that. Then you can use the marginal cost of making an extra product to fight mm. outside market. Mm. This links in very clear to even the source of after. Most groups gain their economic wealth from trading with each other, an average of 60-odd percent. So if you look at EU, the Americas, Asia, about 60% of all their business is done with each other, which tells me they're covering their fixed cost. In Africa, we average about 17%, which means that we are trying to recover so much of the cost of production from outside, you're almost hamstrung before you started the journey. So, I think that, yes, those things are important, but we will never, in my opinion, be able to be, take advantage of those properly until we build a strong enough local market to absorb a bigger chunk of the cost of our production. But when we talk about the African market, yes. I understand your point about mm -hmm. your fixed costs are covered locally. So let's say Africa is our domestic market. Yes. But the market is not just customers. No. For a market to be effective, there must be affordability. People yes. must be able to purchase, purchasing power. So this African market that we discuss at AFTA, is it actually that big? So here's where sometimes I think we do ourselves a disservice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we spend billions. I'm, I'll give you some numbers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll just give you some numbers mm -hmm. that we'll go through. Mm -hmm. So these are the numbers that these are Africa, what Africa imports today. Mm -hmm. It doesn't import it by... Um, layaway plan <laughs> or loan. They pay for it. We in this, the latest numbers I have is, is 2019. Mm -hmm. 52 billion of petroleum oils and products, bitumen. Mm -hmm. $19 billion worth of cars and motor vehicles. Wow. Okay. 15 billion of commodities. 14 billion of petroleum oils and oils. 12.5 billion of medication consistent of therapeutic or pro prophylactic uses. 
$12 billion worth of telephone sets, including cellular network, wireless network. We spend money. Wow. We spend money. So we can't say we there's no money We spend $6.5 billion every mm. um, uh, Africa on important for tractors, motor vehicles, and so forth. Africa spends nearly $6 billion every year on rice. Wow. So, so when we, and let me give it out to Ghana, we spend $250 million every year importing fake hair into Ghana. And we say we don't have money. No. The question is no, we don't have money. The question becomes, I believe, mm -hmm. do we have ourselves set up mm -hmm. as a country? When I say set up as a country, I'm talking about the private sector and government, not just government, the private sector players. Are we set up to supply the needs of the market? Are we truly market-driven mm -hmm. or still command-driven, command economy, where we think you build it or you make it and they'll come, it's working? Are we supplying what the market wants? Mm -hmm. And when I say set up, that includes even our financial institutions. Mm. Have you looked at the percentage of the balance sheet of banks that lend to businesses? I mean, look, let's be honest. I know you're talking to some the institution, they're doing a great job, but let's also be honest. What is the percentage of banks' lending book to the private sector? Very low. You know, in, in India, mm -hmm. you can't retain your banking license if you don't have a certain percentage of your balance sheet to the SMEs. I think wow. it's 20%. Wow. Or you lose your banking license. So these are some of the things where, at least, this is where my private sector trade. Because mm. when you're in a company like Coke, mm -hmm. fast-moving consumer products, mm -hmm. they are so glued on to what the consumer wants. And when they get it wrong, like New Coke, you remember that story? Yes. They, track, they backtrack as far as you can move mm. because the consumer is truly king. So the purchasing power is there. I believe the purchasing power is there. What about tastes? Because, again, I see, like, food. I always say food is a low-hanging fruit. Yes. Entertainment and yes. leisure. Seems as if, even with food, we have not added value to our foods. A lot of people are eating foreign foods. And kids, I mean, you give your child rice water or you give them Tom Brown and they're asking for Cocoa Pops, and they're asking for cornflakes. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't add value to but it seems as if right from the onset, people yes. are trained and, and primed to prefer what is imported. And that's also part of the struggle, because if, market, if the people are not willing to spend their money on what is made here, then you're going to have a problem uh, covering that fixed cost, as you said. Three things I want to bring to that. One, mm -hmm. are we really patriotic as a people where we spend our money? Hmm. Do we put our cities to support Ghanaian businesses? Mm. Secondly, variety is the spice of life. <laughs> if people want a particular type of rice, grow the damn rice for them. Excuse my French. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. If that's what they want, it's a variety. Go buy it and grow it. Mm. I mean, it's not... Because it's, it's consumer-led. Consumer is king. That is something that has been the key aspect of what we do forever. Mm. And then finally, have we truly supported with actions for us to create domestic manufacturers that are capable of meeting the first two points I'm talking about? So if Ghanaians do decide, I remember when you guys had your program about eat Ghanaian rice. 
For one stage, we couldn't find any rice anywhere. People bought all of it. They just bought it. So he tells me that maybe the appetite is there. Mm. 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 I look at some of our businesses, Bernard, and you realize that succession is one of our problems. Mm -hmm. How many companies are around today that were around 40 years ago, 30 years ago in Ghana? Mm. So that's what becomes a challenge. But it is a challenge, not unsurmountable. And I really want to stress that because the opportunity is there. I want to give you a couple other numbers. Mm -hmm. So these are, these are things that what Ghana exports currently mm -hmm. and what Africa ex imports currently. Mm -hmm. So let me give it plastics and articles thereof. We export 204 million. Africa imports 22 billion. Wow. So that tells me we're already involved in it. Mm -hmm. In Africa. I'm not so we export 204 million and yes. Africa imports 22 billion. Wow. Of plastics and articles. Let me give you another one. Animals or vegetable fats and oils, products, edible fats. We export 76 million. Africa imports 7.7 .7 billion. Wow. Let me give you another one which will drive home even more. We export cocoa and cocoa derivatives. <laughs> mm hmm. We export 52 million. Africa imports 3.3 billion. Wow. Products of milling industry, malt, starches, insulin, wheat, gluten. 40 million. Africa imports 1. Point, just under 2 billion. So there's a lot of opportunities, potential. And, and we are already in it. That's what mm. I'm saying. It's not as if mm. we are trying to now. Mm. It's not, it's, so it's something we already know, but mm. how do we leverage it to the level where we can, let's say, provide 30% of Africa's need. Why not? If we can do with Cote d'Ivoire 67% of cocoa in the whole world, why can we not provide 70% of Africa's cocoa derivatives need between us and Cote d'Ivoire? Why a, not? A lot of food for thought coming in from Roberta Mokalin. He's speaking to us on producing to compete globally. Some really important numbers to work with. But Robert, thank you as ever for being on the program. We, we wish you well. Hope to talk to you again soon on other platforms. Thank this you. week has been on the retail market supply chain issues. My guest, Robert Amakalinsi, educating us and throwing the limelight on some key opportunities within the production space and how Ghana can be advantage. Thank you for listening. <laughs>
Introducing Pick 4 from Game Park Games, the easiest lottery to play and win. Pick 4 numbers from 0 to 9, up to 3 times a day to become one of our daily winners. More mula, more power. Play online at www.gameparkgames.com or dial star 946 hash to play. Game Park Games is regulated by the National Lottery Authority, not for persons under 18. Play responsible. Pick 4 from Game Park Games. More mula, more power. Search for a distinctive university to attend is now over. I introduce you to Heritage Christian College, located at Amasaman behind the Olympic Stadium, affiliated to KNUSD and UCC, and accredited by the Ghana Tertiary Education Commission. The university offers Bachelor of Business Administration programs with options in accounting with computing, marketing, accounting, human resource management, business information technology management, entrepreneurship, and technology innovation, Bachelor of Science courses in information technology and information security, nursing, and a Bachelor of Theology. We offer student entrepreneurship training with financial support. The entry qualifications include WASI, SSCE, GBCE, HND, and Diploma in relevant fields. Mature entrants can also come if they are 25 years and above. We also offer 12-month Master of Science programs in accounting and taxation, accounting and finance, and human resource management. Contact us on 0547-777-731. Heritage Christian College, a, a university educating compassionate entrepreneurial leaders. My name is Seth Mark Ando, Certified registered anesthetist. We've known Old Mutual for five years now, and for us, Old Mutual is more than an insurer. Old Mutual is a family. Since we begin having a relationship with Old Mutual, in fact, we've enjoyed a lot because of their tailored made products that they give the association. Now, our retirees are excited. Our prospective retirees are also happy going on pension. And those of us who will be going on pension later on in life, we also believe we have a future, all because of Old Mutual. Old Mutual is 10 years. And on behalf of my president and the entire membership of GACRA, we say congratulations to Old Mutual. Old Mutual, celebrating 10 years of greatness. Call us now on 050-157-9204. Chale, you know who I be? I be Tornado. I be Force of Nature and Casa. Shit. I be the Long Range Assassin, the MVP, the Intercept, the Hattrick Architect. Nobody does it better. I be the breathtaking, game-changing, left-corner cannonball. Fantastic goal. Learn my name. So go from the field to your feet to the Hall of Fame. It could be about one where you look of it ignore. Know her name. Know her game. Stream the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup live from Supersport on Showmax Pro. Introducing Accra Business School's exciting new undergraduate degree programs. Now offering you a world-class education closer to home. Introducing BSc in IT Security and Cybercrime. BSc in Information Technology Management. Both awarded by the prestigious Southeast Technology University in Ireland. Start your journey in Ghana and complete it in Ireland. And don't miss our BSc in Business and Management. Awarded by the renowned Wrexham University in Wales. Begin in Ghana and finish your degree in Wales. Experience the flexibility you deserve with our easy entry requirements, convenient payment plans, and adaptable learning options. Discover your future at Accra Business School today. Call 0263-888-555 or visit www.abs.edu.gh for more information. Unlock your potential. Soar high with ABS. 
attention. Welcome please. to the Visa Summer Experience. Enjoy offers from merchants worldwide. Get your visa. Explore the world with complimentary travel insurance. Relax in premium airport lounges worldwide. Check in with exotic hotel wow. deals. Really sweet deals on restaurants. Ooh. Fuel your adventure with discounted car rentals. Oh. And if you want to shop online, we've got offers for you too. There's so much for every traveler. Visit africa.visa.com today. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Right, hello and welcome to the holiday edition of Kickoff, proudly brought to you by Shell and La Shell. Coming up this morning, the election committee of the Ghana Football Association have announced September 27 as the day for this year's GFA presidential election. Also, Manchester United close to completing the signing of Atalanta's Rasmus Hoyland. More from the transfer markets and other stories coming up in a bit. All right, so my name is Gavi Ofer. Let's start off with this, where the Election Committee of the Ghana Football Association has announced the roadmap and guidelines for this year's much-anticipated elections, which will take place in September. The current administration, led by Keto Kroko, will be seeking re-election for another four-year term. Former candidate George Freire and ex-Western Regional Football Association Chairman Kojo Iyanka have expressed interest in the position with Brookham Chelsea official Nana Jantua also expected to contest. Now, the presidential election will be held on September 27, and the results will be displayed on the GFA's website on October 6, 2023. The closing of the nomination forms for the GFA presidency, the GFA Executive Council, and the Regional Football Association chairman positions will be on August 11, 2023. Well, to so some national team news, and Black Starlet assistant coach Lai Kinson says... Ghana needs to package its top talent well, to help mainstream football as one of the country's top exports. Now, as per the former footballer, mainstream football has become a commodity and will demand an international approach to market these talents and increase their value. Uh, when you look at Brazil, their packaging is, is amazing. When you look at them, before they even put their players in the European market, they, they package the players very well and uh, they market their players very well in, in Brazilian league before they, they put them out there. In Ghana, it's a different uh, game altogether. When you look at Ghana league, uh, for example, one player will have a very good season and then the next season, you won't see him in the, in, in, in the season again. And at the same time, we have something called FIFA Connect. Not all Ghanaian players are on FIFA Connect. If, if you are recommending a player to a club in, in Europe, they should be able to have access to FIFA Connect and then when they put the player's name in, on FIFA Connect, they can see the player value, uh, 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 number of matches that he's played, uh, goals that he's scored, his, his performance within the last three to, to to, to six months with that that's that's what they they use to value the players but in ghana i don't think uh, we have even even players teams doesn't have uh, a data that they will collect uh, uh, players uh, performance and all that so 
All right, so that's our Black Starlet's assistant coach, Lykinson, speaking to City Sports. And now, to some GPL updates in the new Ghana Premier League season commences on September 15. Now, after finishing 13th in that previous season, in Swatchaman will be under the guidance of their new head coach, Maxwell Konedu, for the upcoming campaign. Eric Alagidere is the general manager for the club, and he's outlined their pre season plans in preparation for the 2023 24 season. Once we walked in, uh, the first thing to do was to, we were told some players have been shortlisted for transfer and, and the exit door had been opened to them. But um, I freeze all that and ask them to hold on because it's a new coach in the helm of affairs. Uh, it could be interesting. So for me, I think that we are giving everybody the opportunity, especially the entire playing body. And then the coach will have some two weeks intensive training with them, play some few games. And then he will take his decision. We'll be heading somewhere, a venue that is here to be communicated. But obviously, we are doing one or two arrangements. Could be in the Ashanti region, could be in the Eastern region. But obviously, we are moving out of the Bono region for, for our preseason. All right, so you heard Eric Alagidede. He's the uh, general manager for Instructionman, speaking on their plans for the upcoming season. Uh, speaking of clubs, join up for the new season. Mediama SA are doing the same. They engaged in a friendly game yesterday against newly promoted side Nations FC. The reigning champions lost by three goals to two. And later today, they take on Togolese side Asko Dikara at the new Dates Glow Lamp Soccer Academy at 3 p.m. The return fixture against the Togolese side is slated for Sunday with the venue set to be confirmed. Well, in Europe, Rasmus Holland has completed his medical with uh, Manchester United ahead of its 72 million move from Atlanta and could be unveiled during the friendly with Lance on Saturday. That uh, The striker is expected to sign a five-year contract with the option of a further 12 months. Now, reacting to that, United's legend, Rio Ferdinand, is confident and hugs boys will challenge for the title this season following the signings of Andrew Nana, Mason Mount and the incoming Hoyland. I think they have to go and compete and be closer to the to the top of the table. That's, I think, the remit for me. Uh, to expect Man United from where they were when Eric Ten Hag took over to go and compete to win the league right now, I think, is a, is a stretch. Um, but I think they need to be closer. I think that's improvement. I think that's what you want. You want to see the, tra the trajectory just move in the right direction um, and going up places. Um, I think they just need to be closer, get their hands on another trophy again, um, and keep on improving the individuals and the collective. What I'm really pleased about is the transfer window. Um, it's been decisive, it's been efficient, they've been effective in that, they've gone for particular players, they've got them. Alright, so that's United's legend, Rio Ferdinand speaking there. Finally, in the Women's World Cup, the round of 60 matches returns later tomorrow. Switzerland take on Spain at 5 a.m. 2011 Champions Japan up against Norway at 8 a.m. That's all the latest here on Kickoff, proudly brought to you by Shell and La Shell. We've got more stories on our website at citysportsonline.com and on Twitter at citysportsgha. My name is Gabby Offert. Take care of yourself and have a great holiday. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation.
8 after 8 on the City Breakfast Show. Holiday edition. Today is August 4. It's Founders Day. Your messages are welcome on 0549986996. Now, Shell and the Shell who brought us kickoff uh, that just went by. Shell has introduced the Shell Helix HX320W50, the right multi grade motor oil that meets the needs of commercial vehicles that run on petrol engines. Shell Helix HX320W50 contains additives that protect the engines of older vehicles while reducing maintenance cost. And there's no substitute for good quality motor oil in your car. That's why you need the Shell Helix HX320W50. Comes in drum, 5 liter and 1 liter. Shell Helix designed for ultimate engine performance. Shell go well. Kickoff was also brought to us by Lechego. Now, did you know that for over a decade, Lechego Savings and Loans had been supporting the investment goals of its customers with attractive solutions? If you didn't know, well, now you do. They've got great flexible deposit products for 91 days, 182 days, and 365 days. So go on and open a fixed deposit account with them. Call 0577-707-700. Lechego Let's Improve Life. A few birthdays coming in. Happy birthday to Nunye Conrad Achu Akaba and Nukunu Cornell Eche Akaba. Happy 16 and may the years ahead be filled with great blessings message is coming from mom and dad this one says happy birthday to franklin derby or say junior aka kwabna despite dangote the message is may you be elevated in all you do this one says this is the day uh, allah has made for me to celebrate you mohammed umar aka md of achimota from your loved one gifty of kaswa this one says a birthday dedication to my mom regina Kwale Papo and her granddaughter Regina Lois Papo of Heritage Baptist Church, New Achimota, from her siblings and family. A few more. This one says, Happy birthday. Okay, it says, Today's my mom's birthday. Uh, Augusta Rejoice Yevu from Sovier Newtown. This is coming from her children. This one says, um, wishing a happy birthday to my awesome son, Austin Deladem Agoche. Happy birthday to Na Koshilamte of Snit Adabraka. The sender is anonymous. This one says, please help me wish my husband, John Kojo, Howard and daughter, Kukwa and Nyonyam Howard. A blissful birthday from my birthday, Howard. Now, in life, you always have to insist on the best, and when you find it, stick to it. Bell Pack paper tissue is one of the best things in life. Bell Pack has tea rolls that are soft but not weak, strong but not hard, just perfect. 
and you can use or uh, you should use bell packaging towel cleans in one wipe and one bell pack lasts long and saves you money switch to bell pack today and experience the perfect paper tissue to be a distributor call 0551 bell pack is another quality product from bell aqua now for the laundry drop off grocery pickup lunch sit down or tank fill up when asked cash or card is always card for me i switch from cash to card for all payments with mastercard at Imperial General Assurance, we believe your insurance experience should be memorable when you insure with us you have the peace of mind to focus on what matters to you because we'll be there for you when the unexpected happens. Get in touch with Imperial General Assurance on 0302-788-955-057-667436. Imperial General Assurance, solid protection. listening to the city breakfast show the holiday edition go through a few more birthday messages uh, in a bit yeah this is a belated one okay. to mr jonathan kato and this is from the entire family uh, from your wife baba from your uh, as they put it senior wife Bawa, <laughs> mommy daddy every one of them jonathan um i hope you enjoyed your day yesterday mm. And this one says, good morning, Nathan. Sunday is my birthday. I want to thank God for his grace and mercy upon my life. It's coming in from one... Is it one Sunday? Onesimus. No, Onesimus. Onesimus is a Bible name. This is a one Simon. You don't read the one. You see how the name has caught you off guard. You know. The name is a lie. Onesimus. I never met any human being on planet Earth with a name Onesimus except the Bible. Well, you have one. This gentleman. So, Onesimus, happy birthday. Uh, Onesimus. Onesimus is a big man. One a few announcements in there. Yes. Now, are you looking for a modern, affordable luxury home with a touch um, necessary for sustainable lifestyle, convenience, affordability, and accessibility? Well, you have to look no further than Sukasa O Grandson Communities. Now, we offer value for money in your home acquisition drive with a competitive price of some ninety-seven thousand five hundred US dollars or a city equivalent, you could access our three-bedroom facility with an outhouse at a vantage place such as East Legon Hills mm-hmm. or Ayi Mensa right mm-hmm. in Accra. Now, a four-bedroom facility with an outhouse at the same location is going out for 195000 uh, US dollars or a CD equivalent. Mm-hmm. Our 100% guaranteed cashback policy is the straw that certainly will bring the camels back. So contact us now on 302 Eight six five or zero five five three six nine seven eight eight six for further guidance. You can also email us 
at info at sukasa.com.ch and on our social media handles you can get us at sukasa gh sukasa building on trust And also, mark calendars, uh, mark your calendars for an incredible uh, event happening on Saturday, the 12th of August, at all Toyota Ghana branches in Accra and in Tema. Now, Toyota Ghana is offering free vehicle diagnosis for all Toyota and Lexus models. Now, join us uh, for a day filled with exciting offers, including affordable oil change using Toyota Genuine Motor Oil, uh, thorough 60 point inspection free diagnosis. Uh, we're talking about discounted genuine Toyota spare parts and lubricants, vehicle valuation for a trade-in or cashback deal, and Toyota Global Airbag Recall Campaign Inspections. Now, don't miss out on this. Make your way to any Toyota Ghana branch in Accra or Tema on Saturday, the 12th day of August, 2023, and unlock incredible benefits for your vehicle. For more details, you can call us on 0302-4298-0125. Toyota, superior quality. Eight seventeen. This is still the City Breakfast Show. You know, earlier when we did the uh, City Business Edition, it was a playback of our conversation with Robert Ahumkan Lindsay, just talking about, you know, um, producing to compete globally. Mm-hmm. And and this week, I've I've been thinking a lot about that. You know, uh, this week, one of the stories I did on tech and social media trends was China, you know, on taking a strong stance on exporting the two elements that go into producing chips. Mm-hmm. I think germanium and and gallium. I think, and you know they are in this war with the with the US. Mm-hmm. And as I thought of that, and I thought of Robert Ahumkanisi's words on what we can or should do, it really set me thinking about uh, you know about the importance of building strong production capabilities okay. locally, mm. building enough muscle. So you produce the things you use, the things that you know run your country on a regular, you are able to produce a good chunk of those things. Because I think that when you do, you are almost in control of your own situation. You can determine how much you send out and then you can essentially protect uh, and you know protect your space if you like and have a strong stance in those conversations with other countries. And I was just thinking about probably how far behind Ghana is and really what we need to do to get to that point where we are truly capable of, like as Nkrumah put it, really managing our own things, creating the things that we use for ourselves, being dependent and not being at the risk of or not being the victim of all the things that happen out there. So if one country... Or if you, you get all these things of economics, demand, supply, sanctions, people say, okay, we won't produce anymore. Here we are. Look at Russia, Ukraine. Two countries are fighting. We, who are a thousand miles away, <laughs> are feeling the heat because we are very dependent on the things they produce and the things they send to us or we buy from them. Let me put it that way. So, I don't know. As, as today is Founders Day, so it's just in my mind. <laughs> you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> I, mean, I listened to Robert's um, interview. I think it's about the third time. Mm-hmm. Um, but why not? <laughs> because yeah, you, why not? You, 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 there are certain things that we need to keep repeating until it becomes part of us. Mm. You know, the whole elementary feature in our in our transactional space of changing cities into dollars only to go and buy something that we could have done efficiently and effectively in our own country, talking about products, talking about services, mm-hmm. you know, and even um, some of the things that you can say are not um, immediately available in Ghana, mm-hmm. they are all a product of uh, acquired tastes, yeah. you know, tastes in our outfits that we wear, tastes in our foods, the preferences mm-hmm. that we, we we were not born with, mm-hmm. but we grew up, mm-hmm. um, and the imagery that have been sold to us through television, film, and today internet is bearing a heavy weight on mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and is draining us as a country. And so it's it's okay to be hearing from people like Robert Ahum Kalinze yeah. with his vast experience uh, working across the continent mm-hmm. over two decades, yeah. you know. And in several big firms. Yes, yes. Um, as I keep saying, he was my boss in Coca-Cola. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and also, Yao Nsanku has been speaking. I mean, he's yeah. one person who doesn't who doesn't talk, as we say, by heart. You know, Yao Nsanku has been speaking. And if we have time, we'll be playing excerpts yeah. of that as well. And I think it's on the... On, this is the reason we took upon ourselves to to do this um, this is Ghana this is Ghana okay now doing this is Ghana is not to say that um, city is the only institution that is interested in what we call made in Ghana uh, products no we are saying that we have radio we have television we have personalities we have online we choose to commit our resources to promote the Ghana that we are part of because we have the resources we choose that this is how we want to do it and so this is Ghana is going to be the biggest trade fair and exhibition for local SMEs startups homegrown businesses indigenous corporate bodies services so they will showcase their industry innovation showcase their products showcase their services and you know for us to celebrate what we have because if i mean look people are doing wonderful things only that we don't get to know (laughs) that's true why don't we get to know because the the system is so competitive it's so competitive that the cost of creating awareness for your product or service can just break down your business and why has it become unreasonably expensive Mm -hmm. and competitive it is because we have opened the floodgates for any and every product or service to come from any and every country without measure. Regulation is weak, extremely mm-hmm. weak. Mm-hmm. Go to the pharmaceutical industry. Go to the food and beverage industry. Mm-hmm. In today's Ghana, you still go to shops and you find products that have been imported into Ghana with the labeling in, in, another, in another, another language, language yes. apart from English. And they are on our shelves. 
breaking the law. You understand? <laughs> and people go buy, they don't even know that you are not supposed to buy it. And because we have allowed that, it's squeezing out our own indigenous production mm-hmm, output yeah. from the shelf, the shelves of, of, of the supermarkets. Services. People are sitting here drawing services from outside. What's the regulation? IT services. Mm-hmm. People are building apps, but they can go get apps from elsewhere. But we can try and craft a certain kind of regulation that can preserve mm-hmm. and protect, and protect. Our, you know we we i think there's so much we can do so much we can do so on the 26th and 27th of this month we all converge at the forecourt of the ama okay so it's a saturday and a sunday mm-hmm. 26th 27th from 10 a.m each day <clears throat> Accra Metropolitan Assembly Forecourt, where we are going to have um, works of over um, 90 exhibitors across wow. different indigenous enterprises. Um, you know, you know. I, I remember buying a shoe from one of the local exhibitors mm. uh, two years ago. Richard, the shoe, the shoe that I'm wearing today, my boots. I bought them at last year's. This is Ghana. Oh, I see. The yes. one I was, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Out. The gentleman who made it from Takradi. Powerful. I don't remember the last time I bought a shoe from England. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, telling you, I don't. I don't remember the last time I, 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 I committed that sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, and you have, you have um, 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 shoes. You have jewelries. You have home care products. There's um, this dishwashing um, liquid mm-hmm. I bought. Which I'm still using from last year. Are you bought it at last year's yes. event? Which people are is that box? touch? No, I bought a box. Okay. Yeah, touch. Touch, yes, yes. Touch. Okay. I still use yes, yes. made in we, Ghana. We, we. Now why should I go to the uh, supermarket, see the made in Ghana <laughs> touch and and then cross it and go and buy something from some country that I don't even know what they are eating before they go to work? <laughs> You know the the, the 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 tissue people that you talked about. Yes, Bell Park. Bell Park. Bell Park. Mm. We should be promoting. We should be. I mean, it's an excellent product. It's yes. an excellent product. I mean, I I, Bell I Park, bought. They can compete mm. at oh, every yeah. level globally. Mm. So why should we not promote them? Go to I don't know who which where would the the company. I think they are the same people who do Bell Aqua. Bell Aqua. Yeah. Yes, it's the Bell Bell Go and companies. see how many Ghanaians they have mm-hmm. employed. Producing and check water, the drinks. whole value chain of the their the, the, the products lines, from the water to drinks. I mean, they are giving the traditional soft drink production companies <laughs> a run for their money, and I will push this type any day, because they are not going to sell, make money, and send everything no, no, in no, no, dollars no, no, no. to another country. You, you get me, but if you are going to all the time, it has to be somebody from another country coming to do. And the moment they finish, they sweep their thing every time between <laughs> March and April. All the dollar flights out of Ghana because they have brought in their money and they deserve to take their money out. We are saying that let's build our own country ourselves. So this is Ghana. If you fall inside this category of products, services, uh, innovation, 
Um, mm. You know, along those lines, you have something to showcase. Please call us and be part of This Is Ghana. You know, we've had people call, uh, say they want to come and cook food. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, this one is not the cooking of food. Mm-hmm. Back to your village is the one that, that one we do the cooking food, and food. Yeah. All food. We have food packages, ready to eat packages for export, mm-hmm. for the supermarkets, for retail mm-hmm. outlets. Mm-hmm. That one, you can come. Okay. But not the one that you are coming to cook and prepare there. No, okay. no, no. Okay. It's not. Because see, what we are saying is that it's the struggle and competing for the shelf space. And ours is to make sure that we push the Ghanaian product so that when you go to the big supermarkets, yep. when you see a foreign product, the next one you see is a, is a competitive Ghanaian mm-hmm. product, which is of equal or even better, e- better quality. And this is the cry of this is Ghana, that Ghana has so much to showcase. And we are calling on each and everyone to show up on the 26th, 27th of August. Now, if you want to be part of this, you can reach us on 0205-973-973. 0205-973-973 or 0558-973-973. Please call and let's have a chat because this year's This Is Ghana is really going to define the next steps of industry and where we go mm-hmm. with this private sector thing that we are talking about. Mm. So you heard a call 0205-973-973. And, you know, make your inquiries, get your space. The spaces are running out and come and show Ghana what you have. I always say that <laughs> last year's edition, Sky, was an eye-opener, especially when I went to the CSIR stand mm-hmm. and the wonderful things they were doing there mm-hmm. and um, the Ghana Atomic... Atomic Energy, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Sky... Yeah. <laughs> you, you you have lived in the village before sure. and you know about cassava. Thank you. Charlie, they have some technology B mm-hmm. for cassava production. Mm-hmm. Charlie, the you cassava that you, you are going to you see the cassava eh? it's, it's like yam. It's like a big yam. <laughs> <laughs> and we are sitting here we say we are hungry. Yep. We are not promoting them. Mm-hmm. So this is the time to promote and you see this kind of um, fair and exhibition is not about just coming there to watch it is coming there watching experiencing buying. buying and then also engaging them on television as well so if you're an exhibitor you come there your your audience is not just limited to the people who are physically present mm-hmm. no nope. there's also a TV live TV audience mm-hmm post-event TV audiences, Mm -hmm. social media, and website audience. So it cuts across, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it never stops. It gives you a whole one-year cycle of promotion. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. please call us if you want to be part of it. Yes, once your company is in Ghana, Mm -hmm. you are employing Ghanaians, Mm -hmm. you are producing in Ghana, Mm -hmm. you are crafting your services in Ghana, Mm -hmm. You are qualified to do that. Okay. 
you are qualified to show up. Last year, we had companies coming, joining us, um, owned by Chinese people. Mm-hmm. I mean, visibly, uh, uh, Mongols, right? Yeah. And they are Chinese, but they produce mm-hmm. in Ghana. Mm-hmm. And they employ Ghanaians. And the products are labeled made in Ghana. Made in Ghana. This is what we want. Because at the global level, when you take the product there, they are not going to ask whether the person is an Ashanti or <laughs> no, Fanti. No. No. Once they, it meets the standard. Yes. And that's it. what we want to promote. So please join us. This is Ghana, 26th, 27th of August. Mm. And if you have any inquiries, the number again, 0205 73. You, you spoke about uh, you know packaged food. Mm-hmm. Um, while in the UK, one of the things I noticed um, happens to be that you know across the whole of Africa and to a large extent, you know we share some cultures with the the Indians and and the Pakistanis and, and to some extent the, the Chinese and, and, and the Asians for that matter. So that if you walk into a typical uh, Indian shop you find that you have cocoyam powder, which you can use for, mm-hmm. uh, what do you call it, uh, fufu. Mm-hmm. Or you have cassava powder, sometimes mixed with uh, plantain. And then you can use that again, cook fufu out of it. And then you can also find maize powder. So as Samens is saying, um, it is possible. And some of these products are from Ghana. Of course, it would seem that the Asian market is spotting huge gaps in, in, in the market. The, the investors there, and they are also taking up the challenge and are producing in large quantities. Now, what you would want to see is um, a lot more innovation and investment as to produce competitive products that we can see with made in Ghana labels in the UK markets, mm-hmm. in the US markets, in generally the European markets. And if you go to the Asian markets, you should be able to see these products. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you walk into Asda, you walk into Tesco, Tesco. and you find blue skies. Their products are on the shelf. Mm-hmm. You understand? I found, made I, f- in- I found Morta Guinness in the Tesco. You see, it's, 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 you know, it gives you, you a Yes, I found Morta. I was, some, I was, I was shocked. Exactly. You made in Ghana. Yeah, Morta Guinness in a plastic bottle. <laughs> Tesco. Yeah. And you see, coconut. You know, when you, when you have a coconut farm, look, provided you can properly manage it, it can give you income for a lifetime because the branches can be used for fiber provided you can process them properly, mm-hmm. right? So that is one solution out of it. Then you have the fruits themselves, the husk. If you remove it, mm-hmm. again, you can extract fiber out of it. Now, the shell, which actually houses the fruit, mm-hmm. you can also use that for fuel. You can mm-hmm. use it for, you know, uh, what do you call it? Arts and designs mm-hmm. and all kinds of things. And then when you go to the, the fruit it's itself, tough, yeah. the you meat. can extract oil out of it. And then the chaff inside that, you can use it for fuel and some other things. And then also the water. The water inside it, you go into a shop in the UK. Bottled coconut. Salad, coconut. And the amount at which they are selling it. Telling you. You, you sometimes ask yourself, this is money sitting here. And you go across the length and breadth of this country. You find particularly along the coast, vast numbers of coconut trees. Mm-hmm. 
you understand so i think the innovation should be and i believe that some people are already in this space mm-hmm. how to harness these potentials and make them truly global true you know and as you know uh, Kamala Dumont once said in a, in, a, in a lecture that he delivered he said that there's nothing like the Ghanaian standard there's only one standard it is the global standard so that if you are able to produce products that are truly competitive not only for the Ghanaian market but for the outside world so that you can take these things out there you would actually make it look for instance the um what do you call it the gari that we have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is in vast demand across Europe. You go to Nigeria. Look, the market is there. We are not able to produce enough to feed that market. Meanwhile, we are producing cassava every single day in this country. Like people are always planting cassava, except for the raining season, which sometimes Mm -hmm. fades away and people are not able to go into that particular space. So I think there should be a lot more innovation around these things. The appetition related matters, right? <laughs> that is one strong area. Look, why? Why do we see vodka, you know, entering the market mm, in a yeah. big rum. way? Rum. 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 Yeah. <laughs> R- what is rum? It's just basic appetition. Rum is appetition. That's what it is. <laughs> Meanwhile, we have artisanal distillers in this country who know their craft. You understand? Of course, the state-owned, uh, what's the name? Is it uh, Gayhawk? Gayhawk. They yeah. are doing it big in the African market. I mean, you go to Nigeria, they tell you yeah. that, look, we like your product. You go to Rwanda and the yeah. likes of Kenya, they tell mm-hmm. you that, oh, Charlie, your product is yeah. great. Entities like Casapueco, uh-huh. You see, I think we should build a certain Ghanaian identity around these things. Because if they mention the Irish cream, you know where it's coming from. Vodka, you know where it's coming from. And all of these things actually create a certain name and image for the Ghanaian people and the brand Ghana. So there are people who are out there, and I hope that cements. When it comes down to it, we also have policy makers coming to be part of the discussions. And and you know, you go to some of these international exhibitions, you have panel discussions going on yep, yep. at the same time that people are going around buying things so that some of these panel discussions focus on how we can scale up so what are the challenges that these uh, investors are having these entrepreneurs who are trying to put some money into these products we're talking about how can policy makers drive changes that would help them to scale up where are the big market destinations again uh, is it possible to get people from you know other jurisdictions to come and then look at how they can take up so offtake for instance some of these products and send them into the market yeah that's right yeah. so that's I, solid mm-hmm. that's solid that's solid that's solid mm. it's only that in Ghana you 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 are you you want policymaker to be part of this and it's the, the posturing is who do you think you are? Can you imagine? <laughs> Why are you the one doing this? Why are you the one doing this? You always get that feeling from them. It's like, but we also do our own. <laughs> you always get this from them. And it's like passing through the eye of the needle to get policymaker to be involved in this. And in, 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 all the cases look i can i can mention 
except Ghana Tourism Authority, mm -hmm. most of the others, they actually believe that they are doing you a favor, yeah, a favor. by involving themselves <clears> in this. <throat> One institution that we have dealt with, that they readily find value in what we offer, Ghana Tourism. I mean, they stand out tall among the rest. Wow, that's huge. To some extent, GIPC as well. Yeah. You know, but, but like you said, it's policy, mm -hmm. industry, meeting, and accessing or defining the market. Mm -hmm. The market is there. We need media to push the market. Mm -hmm. The world over, no intervention succeeds without media engagement. So now the media platform is being mounted. Okay. We are asking producers, come on board. Mm -hmm. Policy makers, makers yeah. come on board. I was I was so happy with the C I mean the CSIR thing I'll never stop talking about. I mean I, I, I'm somebody who, who who always would pride myself of knowing what CSIR was about when I did my national service there. Mm -hmm. But last year I actually was schooled. I didn't know anything <laughs> about CSR. <laughs> After hearing the kind of the innovations that they are doing yeah. in Ghana. Yep. Some of Motion which innovations CCTVs. are being sought after mm -hmm. outside of Ghana. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, some of you guys, those of you in the financial sector who look for places to put your money, I think this is a place to come to. Because there are startups mm -hmm. that if you can support, support them, and they, hold they them, grow. they have a future. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. everybody is sitting down targeting Mokola because that's where they have the cash. Mm -hmm. Everybody is sitting down targeting Okaishi because that's what... Yes, you can target your Mokola, target your Okaishi. But the big market is out. The big market is the potential that you are not seeing. So this is the call that let's all come mm -hmm. and be part of this. Yesterday, you guys were talking about the Indutech days, the Gifex yeah, days, yeah. and the, mm -hmm. you know, what happened? The trade fair is dead. <laughs> think We're about that. To rebuild it, so we are now thinking of what to do. Think, think about that. Mm -hmm. But but the the trade fair has been dead for a very long time. You understand? Mm -hmm. Because governments come, governments go. Instead of building that trade hub, they rather will collapse it, and then channel the opportunity to private friends mm -hmm. so that they can build and make money then they will share. <laughs> this is how come a lot of our en uh, enterprises have mm -hmm. collapsed. Yeah. You have a government institution. I mean, look, I I, I believe in, in, in the markets and capital markets, what a capitalism and all those mm -hmm. things. But I also believe that there are certain elements of society that will have to be controlled by the state okay well control maybe is a strong word that the state has to participate actively actively health services transportation education mm -hmm. you can't the, the leave, social services yeah, you the can't things leave that, this thing for private sector the things that you know affect people or people depend they will on murder us completely <laughs> especially when we have weak controls controls in the system yeah you know, so we, we are calling on everybody to be part <clears throat> of this thing. And the whole, you see, the Ghana thing, you should not, it should not sound alien to you if you are listening to us this morning. Because you are Ghanaian. If you are not Ghanaian, you are listening to us because you live in mm -hmm. Ghana. Mm -hmm. If Ghana were not a 
proper destination, you wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. So while you are here, we are saying that let's all help make it Ghana. Mm. Yep. yep. Richard, like the t-shirt you're wearing. Yeah, make it <laughs> <laughs> Because this is the only way we can create wealth. And of if course. we are shipping these things, even across the border to neighboring countries in the name of the after, we'll be making We'll be money. making it. And and what that means is that we'll help the city. What that means is mm-hmm. that jobs will be we'll created. Be created yeah. What that means is that a lot more people will learn new ways of doing things. People mm-hmm. become more creative. Mm-hmm. And that would also affect other parts of the economy. Of so, for instance, if you are into, say, you decide that you want to brand properly and produce the right chinam, which is Kalami, mm-hmm. um, which can be exported to many parts of Africa and then also outside the, the, the continent. What you are doing is that you learn new ways of frying at a truly competitive price. Yep. You learn how new to ways act- of packaging. packaging it. And in so doing, the people who are learning arts at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology, they get jobs to do graphic, graphics for you. for you. Thank you. You understand? People who are within the creative space, you can get them to do what? Adverts and all these things for you. And, and, and you have people in the transportation industry that will also pick up because if, for instance, you are located somewhere along the Volta Lake, right? You have to transport whatever mm-hmm. uh, produce that you are coming up with or the products to Accra for export. That would also ensure that maybe the haulage industry will pick up again. You understand? So we should, we should look at the many opportunities that yeah. come with improving upon how we do business and create Ghanaian giants. Because ultimately, it comes back into the national packet. Mm. And that is how we earn more taxes. That's that's how we do it. So there's something you... You know, there's something that I mentioned some time back and it stayed with me. It says if Ghana is selling something and Nigeria is not buying... Then it's a problem. <laughs> you have a big problem. <laughs> so when, this is true because... 250 we are in this we say million. after and still we can't trade and Charlie, get commerce done. commerce commerce thrives on markets on markets yeah and the closer the market is to you the more no, convenient yeah. it is mm-hmm. we have so many things in common with nigerians not even as common as we have with togolese i'm telling you yeah that's that's true <laughs> Eba. 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 Is that we have Agbeli in you know <laughs> you know, endless quantity. <laughs> so we should be able to enter there, enter there. with big ships, yes. loads of give know, them all the guys they need. Guess what? If you are in the UK or in New York somewhere, mm. you notice that every Nigerian restaurant mm-hmm. is patronized by both Nigerians and, and Ghanaians. Ghanaians. Yes. Yeah. Same as Ghanaian restaurants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that Nigerian film movies are making it into Ghana. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we taking Ghanaian movies into Nigeria? Mm-hmm. Somebody will say that, oh, they don't like it. It's not true. We don't we haven't built an effective strategy to do that. So people are thinking that what Nigeria is doing, they just woke up one day and then boom <laughs> to the thing happened. No. Somebody sat down, devised a strategy, worked at it, failed, repeated, improved until such a time that the thing will gain grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nigerian music. Yep. Nigerian music. See where Nigerian mm-hmm. music has gotten to. And it didn't just explode all exactly. of a sudden. Those, those so we are saying that it's time to arise Ghana and then make sure that 
first of all, we produce for ourselves mm-hmm. enough to stop depending on imports from other countries. Again, I say, every product that you use your money to buy, which has been imported into this country, means that you just put a job on the table, food on the table of somebody in another country at the expense of somebody in Ghana. If you listen to Yaunsanku's um, speech, speech yeah. you know, you, you, I mean, you can't listen to that speech and remain the same as Ghanaian. It will push you to know that we have missed a lot of opportunities as a country. Mm-hmm. And for me, I don't have the magic wand to determine how or where Ghana should go. But I know that at the very, very basic level, if we do not push hard on consuming our own, mm-hmm. we'll be running around in circles with repeated cycles of frustration and failure and finger-pointing, accusation, uh, propaganda. And we've seen s- continuous cycles of these things. Why can't we wake up and decide that we are going to change the way flour is made such that the components of make, for making flour mm-hmm. will be found in Ghana yeah. rather than waiting for Ukraine war to end? <laughs> <laughs> we make it an excuse. The mm. war is not ending. No. When you look at, if you look at Putin and you look at the man's the way he walks, cry, you know that the man. <laughs> no, the the war is not ending anytime not soon. Ending anytime soon. Mm. <laughs> Even he's walking. You know, until Russia wins that war, <laughs> you know, they're not ending. So we have to. We better start thinking country. about ourselves because they are not stopping because we are hungry. You see, this thing, be, oh, Ghana is not getting bread, so Russia go and stop. It, it, the world doesn't work that way, and the thing keeps costing us. It keeps costing us, mm-hmm. and thing is that we know what to do. Only that we don't have the leadership and the motivation to get it done. Somebody decided to rebuild, the, and I'm not a private person, this is, I'm sure it's a government-related, uh, rebuild the Kwame Nkrumah uh, Memorial Park, yes. yes. Look at what we have. Beautiful. It means that if we are minded to do it, we can, we can. do it. The other day, a certain minister said he's doing a Greek, so he's putting food at the ministry there for people to go and buy. <laughs> I sat here and, you said, and I said uh, that is the joke of the century. It will not see light of day. What happened? <laughs> After a day or two. We are, we are fine-tuning it and we'll launch it in a big way. You see, when we do things like that, we deprive the, the comedy industry of, of comedians. <laughs> we should stop that and get serious and get in this serious. country. Mm. Yeah, so... This is Ghana is coming. Yep. 26th, 27th, and uh, we'll all be there. Thank you. If you want to find out more, call 0205-973-973. It's the biggest gathering and the biggest showcasing of authentic Ghanaian products and services. We are talking about local SME, startup, research, and manufacturing industries. 
A lot of people think that they are not part, but they are part. They are actually a core part of development. What's in the corporate world? They say R and D, research and development. So research and manufacturing industries, homegrown businesses, indigenous corporate bodies. So call 0205-973-973 to find out how you can participate, get your spot, and come to This Is Ghana, August 26th and 27th at the Accra Metropolitan Assembly, the large space in front of the building. This Is Ghana exhibition is powered by City TV and City FM and proudly sponsored by MTN Momo. listen to the city breakfast show now step into success with the accra business school boost your career with our prestigious msc degrees from knust pick from hrm communication and international marketing international relations public affairs or it management and in just 12 months our mba can be yours driving or dive sorry into our bsc programs in it security and cybercrime it management business and management endorsed by top unis in ireland and wales we offer flexible entry payments and learning options it's time to unlock your potential and take flight visit abs.edu.gh or call 0263 or 0263-8866. let accra business school elevate your future today KFC dropped the price so you don't have to drop your favorite meal. Enjoy the delicious Streetwise 2 for only 39 CDs at your nearest KFC restaurant. Limited time or limited goodness. KFC is finger licking good. Now, a poorly maintained car engine can age faster. That's why we are offering the specially formulated quartz engine oil with age resistance technology. It's a breakthrough in innovation or innovation that ensures optimal performance for your engine and it improves protection against mechanical wear by up to 74% even under the most extreme pressure and temperature. Choosing quads from Total Energies is choosing the engine oil that keeps your engine running efficiently and effectively. Quads keep your engine younger for longer. Standard Water has over 25 years of experience in providing quality and refreshing water to quench your thirst. Now this refreshing water brand is available in 11 um, regions of Ghana, and uh, we're still expanding to cover the rest of the country. Now, Standard Water gives you the following product offerings. Now, sachet water, bottled water, dispenser, mounted jar water, customized water for your parties and other special occasions. Now, Standard Water is available for purchase from supermarkets, retail shops, and sales delivery trucks. For quality water, drink Standard Water, because that's what I do. For inquiries and purchases, you can call 0202-055-703 or 0547-334-385. And this advert for information is approved by the FDA. And there's nothing worse than having to look for urgent medication in the middle of the night on weekends or on a holiday like today now alpha data pharmacy laboni ring road central and kolibu will be working throughout the holiday uh, august 4 and uh, the weekend now on friday august 4 saturday the 5th of august and sunday the 6th of august 
uh, you can go to our respective branches. And our, our drive-through service would also be operating 24 hours, daytime and throughout the night. Now, did you know about our state-of-the-art drive-through service on Ring Road Central? There's no need to get out of your car. Just drive to our window and we'll serve you from the comfort of your car day and night. Now, drive-through service on the Ring Road Central will also be operating on these uh, days. We're talking about 24 hours a day. Our Laboni branch will maintain the usual 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, working hours. Kindly call 0551-400-999 for more information. Mm. Since you're mentioning medicines, we are also telling the pharmaceutical companies should, uh, that they should also come to this is done. Yep. Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. We'd yep. love to see them. Mm -hmm. We'd mm -hmm. love to see Because there are some big companies producing drugs here that... We, we, one, I think people need to know they exist, and two, we need to prop them. You know, and I feel that the government must do a lot to support this local industry because, of all the, if nothing at all, COVID taught us that the pharmaceutical industry was very quite critical, strong, very critical, very very critical as well. You know, at the time I was writing a paper on um, international trade, and it was revealing, um, noting that the overwhelming majority of the pharmaceutical products that are used in Africa or that's used in Africa. Mm -hmm. We import them. Yeah. And when COVID came, these mm. countries decided to impose restrictions which generally would have been against international law and protocols mm -hmm. because, I mean, ideally you should be able to lend yeah, a helping hand yeah, to, to somebody. But fix. because every country was in dire need of common things like, uh, what do you call it? Sanitizer, gloves, sanitizers, gloves, you know, painkillers, masks, and all of these things. They decided to impose restrictions. And, you know, we were struggling here. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, I mean, it's a great initiative we have currently that the president announced that they were forming the vaccines um, authority or something like that, mm -hmm. to that effect. They have an office at the cantonments area. Mm -hmm. We hope that they would develop serious vaccines that will yeah, tackle yeah, major yeah, problems. Yeah. Uh, but then also, <coughs> there has to be deliberate policy to support local pharmaceutical you know, companies. Mm -hmm. So that this vast land known as Africa, which is having to rely on Brazil, India, and some other jurisdictions for, to, for, for pharmaceutical products, especially the generic ones, please okay. let, us, let, us, let us get these guys to get off and run with the qualities that they can actually deliver for the Ghanaian people. Because if you don't get it right, the next pandemic will kill all of us. Kill all of us. <laughs> all right, let's let's go to some comments quickly. Yes. Yeah, so this one says, while you're talking about protecting your space, you may want to keep an eye on this emerging story because it's starting to hit hard. And that's down here in Ghana. Rice prices have started soaring locally. Well, mm. the question is, uh, the prices. Are we talking about the local rice? Or, uh, or the, the foreign or the important okay. we'll, we'll have to find out. And this one says, uh, I think you should always play this anthem. Arise, Ghana youth, for your country. <laughs> the nation demands your devotion. Let us all unite to uphold her and make and great and strong. We are all. Is that not how you say yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are all. We are all. We are all. We are all. 
in building a mother. We should always play this. It's been a long time since I did this. Uh, please, I would like to find out if filmmakers can uh, screen Ghana made movies or films by way of exhibiting and marketing. Papa Sam. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the Ghana Film Authority will be present, okay. and so uh, yeah. you can yes. you can be sure that they will, they will be mm-hmm. exhibiting some mm-hmm. of these. Oh, movies. that's good. That's yeah. good. That's good. People can come with their 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 their, their family and uh, mm-hmm. sit down yeah. and get to yeah. enjoy some great. made in Ghana. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the the things we discussed recently uh, was about cartoons and animation for yeah. kids because it would seem that. These imported ones have some new values that many Ghanaian parents uh-huh, do not <laughs> agree with. Uh, and then we spoke to some Ghanaians who are doing fantastic. Some, some, uh, some, some of them are doing well. Uh-huh. So perhaps you know, these, this will be an opportunity okay. to highlight some of these things. Mm. So that even if it is pen drives that people will bring to come and buy some of these, uh, why not? Uh, then play it uh, repeatedly on on their screens for kids. Okay. Uh, that that would be very useful. All right, this is still the city breakfast show. We'll take a very very quick break but, when we come but back. You know yes. that we are approaching Homowa. Yes. We are the month of August. So soon be on. It's when you play that song that hits me that you find the various parts in order. <laughs> I almost forgot that Homo Wall is around it's the corner. So, so Nungwa, Nungwa is, we start, we start from Nungwa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, we'll go and then Nungwa. from Nungwa, it goes to Gamashi. Mm-hmm. And then I think Osu, mm-hmm. and then um, La, and mm-hmm. then Teshi, mm-hmm. and you know. So, uh, places like Pram Pram. Oh, yeah. Others, so the whole Gadangwe community. <laughs> With the red oil, you Thank pour you. The, this thing. No, it's, it's actually Palm Nut Soup. Palm nut oh, soup. it's Palm Nut Soup. Yeah, you actually, oh, I see. Yeah. I, see. I mean, you, you do red oil, but you eat it with Palm Nut Soup. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I'll invite you on the 19th. Powerful. I'll be there. <laughs> the yeah. I'll be there like the Wulome. Yeah, I'll be walking barefoot. Back in the village, though, and, and for some reason, you see, we don't know, we don't do these things these days often. You know, back in in the day, mm-hmm. what actually connected you a lot more with Accra mm-hmm. was the six match, right? Mm-hmm. Or a public function mm-hmm. where yeah. Jerry Rollins would come and address, and all the time, I mean, that I was, was sitting by a black and white television or maybe standing by somebody's mm-hmm. window to watch, you would notice that the Wulome would be yeah, wearing the white thing yeah. and then they would call them and they would come, and they you know, and, and, then, and when they pour the libation, uh-huh. you know, the beauty of it, you know, selling the culture. Yeah. You don't see that a lot because, I mean, so you, you know, we we also be right there. At the time, you couldn't speak Ga, wedding Ga, but at least you know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know that <laughs> and then we we'll say, as a director, Indica, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because, I, I think some of these things should be back on the screen because I'm saying this because 
when we, we, we they were doing the opening ceremony of the, uh, the female World Cup, mm-hmm. uh, you the, know, the Women's World Cup the, the women's in Australia World and New Zealand. Exactly. You know the New Zealand people. They, they yeah, the, the, the traditional, the, the haka, yeah, the dance right. they mean, do. You know, they, they were doing it in a truly traditional way yeah. as to market and sell their culture to the rest of the world. Um, I recognize that we have, you know, strong presence nationally of the Christian faith, which many of us belong to. But then we should also celebrate the roots because these things matter. So if it is the the the, the, the Evers and, and how they, they pour libation, the Gans, how they pour libation, the Akans, how they do their, their own prayers and all of that, let's try and, you know, include these in how we, we do national events. And we'll keep pushing the boundaries. Okay. It's all about making it Ghana. Of course. Of course. Selling the, the Ghanaian story. The Ghanaian story, the yeah. Ghanaian identity. All right, let's do the city breakfast. We'll take a very quick break. When we come back, we have a lot more for you. Be right back. Don't go anywhere. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. When shopping for a dress, you say, Of course, a low burst line. A little tight by the hips. Covered sleeves. Off shoulder. Definitely. But when buying anti-malarial drug, you say... Is it not malaria? Give me whatever is available. Choose your malaria drugs the same way you choose your dress. Always ask for Coatem. It's also available in cherry-flavored dispersible tablets for children. Don't gamble with malaria. Choose right. Choose Coatem. If symptoms persist after three days, consult your doctor. Malaria testing should be done before treatment. This advert is FDA approved. Are you looking for a university that will prepare you for the challenges of tomorrow? Look no further than Academic City University College. With a focus on innovation and experiential learning, you'll get hands-on experience in your field. Our world-class faculty will guide you every step of the way. And our collaborative approach to learning will prepare you for success in today's global economy. So if you are ready to make your mark on the world, Academic City University College is here to help you succeed. Apply now at our website www.act.edu.gh or call us on 059-403-0308. Academic City University College, educating future-ready leaders. Here you go, dear. Mom, you didn't add milk. No need to. Taste and see why. Wow. But how? Is it milky? Very. Is it creamy? Yes. That's Milo all-in-one for you. It's so milky, eh? I don't need to add more milk. I love it, mommy. (laughs) Give your kids all-in-one. It's truly milky and rich in calcium. Milo. Energy to go further. This advert is FDA approved. They say death comes quickly after retirement. I think the precious people go through after retirement make them think this way. Though I worked as a private consultant, I still plan for my retirement with SNIT. It's been 20 years and I always receive my monthly pension. My wife, a lawyer, did the same. Today, we don't depend on our children for support. Financial support from loved ones in your old age is a blessing, but you should not rely solely on them. Whether you're a fashion designer, an online entrepreneur, a lawyer, or a business owner, today, life is good, but tomorrow may 
be different. Register with SNIT and sign up for SEED for old age pension, invalidity pension and survivor's lump sum benefit for your nominated dependents. Take control of your future. Ayo Udachio, Fano Pass now. Dial star 711 star 9 hash to pay your contributions. Contact SNIT on 0302-611-622 or on socials at SNIT Ghana. SNIT, we deliver on our promise. T's and C's apply. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Welcome back. They still the City Breakfast Show. Old Mutual is uh, 10 years. Join them to celebrate a decade of greatness. Now, Old Mutual is the first brand to introduce WhatsApp insurance and an annuity package. Old Mutual has a prompt play, um, prompt claims payment policy. They've processed so many claims. Call them on 0501 or, or visit their website oldmutual.com.gh Old Mutual do great things every day. Now, are you ready to feel the ecstasy of victory, the rush of a goal, or the goosebumps when the crowd sings together? If you are, then get ready because it's the new football season and it feels more epic than ever. Only Go TV brings you all the La Liga and Serie A games, all the Premier League and UEFA games that matter. It's all the football you want and more. Get your Go TV decoder and one month super subscription for 249 CDs and enjoy all the great games because it'd be football overload. Go TV, love it.
All right, we'll uh, play you a portion or some portions of um, a speech given by Yawin Saku, who's an executive vice president of uh, Unilever UK. Now, he delivered a public lecture at the British Council recently on um, whether or not Ghana had fulfilled its potential in the Fourth Republic. She had very interesting thoughts on that. So in the first part, he reflects on some distinguished literary, uh, literary giants and freedom fighters and he wonders where their voices of conscience have gone today. And in the second part, he delves into the worsening state of inequality in Ghana from a broad spectrum and he compares Ghana's performance to her peers. Right, so en- enjoy the thoughts of Yawin Saku as he gave a public lecture at the British Council in Accra. That Jerry Rawlings and Nana Akufuado would become such close friends that in his first speech as president elect, Jerry Rawlings would be thanked publicly by Akufuado. Nor could I ever have imagined in the weeks that followed the historic Kumipreko demonstrations that so many prominent leaders of the Alliance for Change, AFC, would become so cozy with powerful people in governments of both major political parties in Ghana. Yet, the murderers of young Ahunuhonga and four others would never face justice. Did the Fourth Republic collapse into an elite compromise? What happened to the charismatic and magical human rights lawyer called Nana Akufuado once he became president? What happened to the intrepid campaigner for human rights, my good friend Kwesi Pratt Jr.? the man who never missed an opportunity to remind Ghanaians that at least 248 people had disappeared during the era of the second Jerry Rawlings sensation. That is, the period of the military government, the Provisional National Defense Council. Such questions continue to agitate the minds of many. This evening, we will only be contributing to a needed conversation. Has the Fourth Republic delivered? Will it deliver? Can it ever deliver? This evening will also be an evening of orature. In the fashion, our recently departed global icon, the Pan-Africanist scholar and writer, Professor Michere Gitai Mugo, never ceased reminding Africans is authentically ours. When we sing, when we chant, when we fall silent, let us remember that the blood of Ahunuhonga and four others is upon the head of us all. In honor of Professor Michere Gitai Mugo. On Friday, June 30th, 2023, at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at Carl's Hospital in Syracuse, New York, Professor Michere Gitai Mugo crossed the river to be with the ancestors. In announcing her death, her immediate family accurately and touchingly said about Michere that, quote, In her tireless pursuit of Utu, her unwavering commitment to Africana liberation and human rights, and her relentless fight against colonialism, oppression, neocolonialism, and injustice, Michere remained principled in demonstrating the essence of true humanity. Continuing an attaching act of Pan-Africanist solidarity and kindred scholarship even in grief, Michere Mugo's family added, and I quote, in honor of the great relationship between Michere and Ama Ataedu, the Gitai family has decided to hold off Michere's send-off 
until her sister has been laid to rest. Michelle Mugo's family and close friends, through a combination of circumstances, involved me in deeper and more touching ways than I could ever have imagined. I choose not to talk about all the details, but I would like to thank my Pan-Africanist friends and comrades, Jabet Amdani, Al-Amin Kimathi, Brian Taguka Kagoro, and all the others who were so welcoming of me when I was introduced. Together, as Africans, we are powerful. It is they, more than any other, who convinced me that tonight should be a night that was important in the annals of those who seek a better tomorrow for all Africans. When I put out the president of Ghana's invitation to Professor Amatedu's funeral to the group I earlier referred to, Paolo Nantuya wrote these immortal words on tablets of stone for all who love Africa. I quote them completely. Thank you for sharing. Indeed, we join the people of Ghana in mourning the loss of a militant revolutionary intellectual giant and combatant and one of the greatest literary fighters the continent has ever produced. Our sister and comrade, Mumbi Wamugo, is on her way to Accra to represent Mishere and all of us at the funeral of this great daughter of Ghana and all of Africa. The decision to hold off the final send-off of our dear Mishere until her sister, Ama Atedu, has been laid to rest was deliberate and conscious. It was to honor the great friendship between them. The two revolutionary sisters co-parented their children from Harare onwards. Hence, Mumbi and Ama's daughter, Kina, are effectively bereaved twice and bearing twice in a space of exactly one month. We join them. We raise our fists in honor of Ama Atedu and ask the ancestors for intercession to grant comrade and sister Mumbi Wamugo journey mercies on her flight to Ghana to join the people of Ghana in mourning and to grant her journey mercies back to Syracuse to continue arranging the final journey to escort Mishere to rest after a lifetime of struggle. End of quote. Ama Atedu has now been laid to rest and sleeps with the ancestors across the river. Her sister and comrade, Mishere Mugo, will soon join her, as the funeral is only three days away now on the 28th of July. They were both Pan-Africanists. What I say today will use Ghana as a case study, but many who listen will know I'm describing the weary, draining, ruinous, and tiring consequences of neoliberalism or neocolonialism, or whatever you choose to call it. I had referred to Michere briefly when I originally wrote this speech. I'm involved in a Pan-Africanist book project on leadership. The book is scheduled to be published in 2024. I'd excitedly said to the team behind it that it would be my greatest delight to have Michere give us a blurb. Days after, the great woman was gone. Michere Mugo's family and friends have mobilized Pan-Africanists from all over global Africa to join us in this event tonight. We thank them. This is a great tribute to the power of global African togetherness, a fitting testament and example to the solidity of the two icons, Mishere Gitai Mugo and Ama Atedu. Auntie Ama has been laid to rest. In three days, Mama Mishere joins her. I say in Swahili, Shuja Mishere Gitai Mugo Asantisana. Mwalimu Mishere Gitai Mugo Safari Injema. Mama Mishere Gitai Mugo Kwaheri Kabisa. Mr. Chairman, I pray for strength for the audience and indeed for us all.
God help us. Dedications. Mr. Chairman, I would like to dedicate this speech to 20 living people and 20 others who have now become ancestors. They are all Ghanaians given the focus of the day. All the ancestors that will be mentioned have left us to rest beyond the river during the existence of the Fourth Republic of Ghana. Beyond that, there is nothing democratic about this list. I do not at all pretend that it is democratic. For the Fourth Republic has taught me that indecisiveness, lack of resolution, absence of leadership, plain indiscipline, and indeed outright chaos and illegality are all sometimes called neoliberal democracy or just democracy. For lack of time, I will not give details for the reasons for my selection. I will simply say, in one way or the other, all these people contributed to the emergence and sustenance of the Fourth Republic. The names of the ancestors are Professor Albert Kojo Edubwai, a.k.a. Kontopiat, Right Honorable Peter Alajete, Charles Bartels Kwesi Zwenes, better known as CBK, Professor Paul Archibald Viani Ansa, a.k.a. Pava, Bernard Jao Darocha, a.k.a. BJ, Professor Ama Atedu, a.k.a. Triple A, Tommy Thompson, Professor Leticia Obing, Asunaba Kweku Dako, Super Odi, Justice Kweku Etru Amwasechi, Professor Ebenezer Lane, Professor Francis Adokufuo, Professor Alexander Edum Kwapong, Professor Kwame Jechi, Professor Joseph Hansen Kwabna Nketia, whose daughter and son-in-law are here with us, Johnny Kwashi Aidan, a.k.a. Uncle Johnny. It was never uncle, it was always Uncle Johnny. Reverend Professor Kwesi Abutia Dixon, Michael Asafubwache, the engineer I mean, Alexander Niblebo Andrews Sr., and Coach Sam Ade. While we remember these worthy ancestors in reverence, shall we also pause to reflect on what we will say to them when we meet again where we are all headed? In the land beyond the river where our ancestors dwell. That we allowed what they bequeathed to us to be ransacked by Galamseas and watched helplessly as our water bodies were destroyed. Sometimes when I regard what we are doing in Ghana, I tremble with rage and sorrow. Our ancestors, we offer you libation and pray that your wrath will not be upon our heads. Now we get to honor those still with us. Among the living, we honor Professor Kofi Asariopoku, Christian Kwabna Apiaje, Professor Florence Abna Dolphine, Professor John Hyde, Professor Ayikwe Ama, Professor Felix Konote Ahulu, Cameron Dodu, Professor Ablade Glover, Professor Kofi Kumado, Justice Professor Mrs. Henrita Mensabonsu, Mrs. Marian Pratt, Mrs. Stella Ansa, Dr. Charles Ives Rekubrobe, a.k.a. Tazan, Professor Kwame Karikari, Dr. Rose Kuting Mensa, Professor L. Anachi, Jedubley Ambule, Professor Ekuiakwenye here, and Justice Professor Samuel Kofi Dateba. To you all, I say, when you offer drinks to the ancestors, may you find favor. Finally, I dedicate this to all the ordinary people of the African continent. Our revered African ancestor, Professor Chinua Achebe, once wrote, and I quote, God loves ordinary people. If it were not so, he would not have made so many of them. End of quote. A few stories from Nima. 
I once had Kenke with Kwekubaku Jr., Charles Baini, Kwesi Prad Jr., Akotoam Paul, Stanley A.G. Blanksin, Kakraba Cromwell, and our then magical and charismatic spokesperson, the man we fondly called dissident lawyer, Nana Akufuado. We were indeed gathered in his Nima residence. This was during the days of the Magnetic Alliance for Change. Nima was also the base of Cabral Blay Amihir, Freddie Blay, and Alaji Fao. I do not know how many times I have asked myself, where is that Nana Akufuado? The one who, knowing that they could be killed during Kumipreko, still turned up with the other leaders to lead the people. I had been at Kwesi Pratt's residence at Kotobabi Down up till midnight the day Kumipreko was going to take place. Kwesi was deeply worried, for they had received incontrovertible evidence that there would be an attempt to disrupt the march and blame the organizers. It was obvious that there could be guns involved. He told me about it all in detail. When those men turned up to lead the march, they knew it could be the last thing they did in this life. But they turned up and led from the front. So where are all these people today when Galamse is killing us? Retired or just tired? I know what we expected from the Fourth Republic then. In a few moments, we shall assess whether it has delivered. Before that, though, Mr. Chairman, I must tell a story that enables me to deliver on my promise to make this a night of orature. In Nima were two places that I often remember, Dunia Cinema and Hotel Kumbaya. At Dunia Cinema, the then-famous operators would be busy behind their projectors. In those days, many of the films shown had killers and blowmen. One of the favorite blowmen was the American actor Chuck Norris, the nemesis of bad guys. Often, after the bad guys had caused so much pain, Chuck Norris would appear. And an excited crowd at Dunia Cinema would burst out in celebration, literally screaming in a frenzy. This crowd sometimes included Danjuma Wangyu and the now-celebrated psychologist Nortedria of Ghana. The Dunia Cinema crowd had their own way of celebrating Chuck Norris. They would say, screaming their lungs out, Chuku Norris, action kwa. Chuku Norris, action kwa. Chuku Norris, action kwa. This evening, whenever I say Chuku Norris, I will expect you to scream like your life depends on it. Action kwa. We are going to give this speech together. Let's go. Chuku Norris. You've got it. So it's not the Ghanaian citizen that is the problem. With good leadership, they follow. <laughs> Common ground on some definitions. Mr. Chairman, before we go further, I would like us to have clarity on what I mean when I say neoliberal capitalism, mindset revolution, miracles that led nowhere, incompetent states, and Robinson Crusoe societies. Let's start with neoliberal capitalism. Neoliberal capitalism sh champions shareholder primacy. It is focused on how to make the highest short-term return for shareholders. It takes no responsibility for the externalities of its end-to-end -end value chain. It will destroy anything in its path to make a profit. It has no sense that there are multiple stakeholders and so focuses only on one stakeholder, the shareholder. In its misguided reasoning, Employees, communities, suppliers, customers, governments, competitors, indeed everything 
must be subordinate to the shareholder. Through the history of humanity, neoliberal capitalism has never worked anywhere. It will never work, and it can never work. Yet in Ghana and much of Africa these days, there's policy addiction to this. Jaded and hackneyed canons of its chief high priest, Milton Friedman, and others are everywhere present. Let's examine a few of them. The business of government is government, not business. And what on earth do we think government is? Government, as far back as philosophy goes, in any culture, has been about the business of seeking the welfare of the people. Which country, with GDP per capita at less than $3,000 per annum, ever managed to precipitate development without government leading the way? I challenge you to give me one example, knowing you cannot, because it does not exist. The private sector is the engine of growth, another fallacy. Why, anyway, are neoliberals so obsessed with GDP growth? And if the private sector is the engine, what is the vehicle that it powers? On which roads does that vehicle travel? Or rail tracks, or airport, or rocket launcher? What is the nature of this vehicle? Professor Amatya Kumar Sen, the polymath and a Nobel Economics Prize winner, once remarked with characteristic integrity, the gross domestic product is a very poor indicator of the quality of life. It does not take note of many things that make life livable. For example, the availability of healthcare or the quality of the environment. End of quote. The best example I can think of that illustrates the consequences and practice of neoliberal capitalism is what Ghanaians call galamse, the destructive but pervasive form of illegal mining that we are simply unable to control. Mindset revolution. This is the title of three books by Akosu Abami, who we are fortunate to have joining us as a panelist today, with the most recent of the books being Mindset Revolution 3. I understand Mindset Revolution to be the transformation process that is needed at individual level, but must then gain scale to become culture. The result of Mindset Revolution is true intellectual, spiritual, and physical freedom and independence. This must imply necessarily the, many, the absence of many kinds of fear. Mindset revolution liberates from the following fears. Fear of want, fear of insecurity, fear of inferiority, fear of failure, fear of non-beneficial culture, fear of political power, and indeed the fear of fear itself. The sum total of the re-education and total reorientation in thinking required by citizens in a society that hopes to make progress is mindset revolution. Ghana needs a mindset revolution on all fronts. Politics, education, religion, culture, and more. We must jettison the injury colonialism did to our mindsets that makes so many of us feel inferior. How on God's mighty earth does a predominantly black country use expressions like mebroni, as a term of endearment. Miracles that led nowhere. This is an expression I use a lot that I learned from the immortal Professor Samir Amin. Hear him. Development is not the result of miracles. It is the result of hard work and creativity. Examples abound of how we, the ordinary citizens, are treated by politicians as a reckless young man does when his interest in a woman before him is animalistic, intense and truly short-term. He just says anything, whatever it will take. 
Sadly, this is what it has become at election time in Ghana. The major political parties, MPP and NDC, just say something, as we say in Ghana. And no Ababase. When we the people face doom so, that is power rationing, and we ask for an update on progress, we are told that the man has become a dead goat. One machake me. One village, one dam. Planting for food and jobs. One district, one factory. Remember them? Then while we implement all these, food inflation gets to 59.7% in 2022. How is this possible? The answer must be obvious. Ordinary people can be misled by such slogans, so the politicians keep minting them. They are meaningless. Veritable examples of miracles and promises that led nowhere. Incompetent states and Robinson Crusoe societies. The two concepts work hand in glove. An incompetent state is a state that cannot enforce its own laws. And a Robinson Crusoe society is a direct consequence of an incompetent society, of an incompetent state. Again, this assertion is exemplified when you look at Galamsey or the fact that we seem unable to keep our cities clean. We have many laws to do these things. When it gets to enforcement, though, something cracks. Once law enforcement lapses, anomie conditions set in, and people live in and tolerate subpar conduct in society, in discipline on the roads, haphazard construction of infrastructure, dumping rubbish anywhere, massive noise pollution, and much more become characteristic presences of our beleaguered society. I'll do a little bit of analysis on selected data trends in the Fourth Republic. All data used here has been obtained from government agencies and from international studies of the relevant sectors that had a section on Ghana. It is one of those sad features of our national character that many agree I should not mention the names of the three public officers who helped me most in this endeavor. I am told I may endanger them. I never thought I was a dangerous person, but that's what I'm told. Four, politicians supposedly do not like those who provide information that does not flatter them. To those who accuse me of not having goodwill for Akufuado, I always respond, go and check with the man himself whether he agrees with you. Those who take the risk to tell a man the hard truths about what is going on must wish him well. It is easier to join the band of sycophants and praise singers. To both the NDC leaders and the MPP leaders, I remind them of this fact. Treasure your friends who can criticize you in frank terms and deliver blunt feedback. Often, they are a person's most useful friends. With that, let us dis now discuss some trends based on hard data. These are the facts, and the facts are stubborn. What were the objectives of the Fourth Republic? It seems very fair to me to define the collective aspirations and objectives of the people of Ghana for the Fourth Republic as that which is captured in the directive principles of state policy of the 1992 Constitution. Those who will read the, the actual text will see that I quoted it in extenso, sections 34 to, to 38 are particularly relevant. We were promised at the inception of the Fourth Republic, all citizens, that is, food, clothes, and shelter, plus education, sanitation, and dignity. In summary, we were told that with the Fourth Republic, all citizens of Ghana would get more liberty, 
more egalitarian opportunity and more fraternity. The good old liberté, égalité, fraternité, just like the slogan of the French revolutionaries, which we must remember at this time when Nahel Mezouk is still battling for freedom and people like him. Mr. Chairman, comrades, ladies and gentlemen, against these grand objectives, what is your verdict? Has the Fourth Republic of Ghana delivered? More than three decades on, is the Fourth Republic delivering, or has it just turned into a miracle that led nowhere? Let us look at some selected hard data and facts to tell some bits of the story. Admittedly, not all of it, but some bits. Chuku Norris. Where are we now? One fact that binds all living things together is the fact that we eat. I must focus in the interest of time. Therefore, I will look at a few trends on food consumption and production in recent times to paint a picture of where we are economically today. In insightful research undertaken by April Partners, a study on trends in 44 food categories across sub selected sub-Saharan African countries and focused on low-income families, there were important findings. This study involved Ghana, and I will say a few things about the Ghana section. The first thing to note for an audience like this is that the poor, not the bourgeois, the poor, are in the overwhelming majority. We must never forget that when we sit in posh restaurants and hotels and residences and saunas and whatever else the bourgeois love and say life has never been better. The poor are in the majority. In Ghana, 68% of the population, 23 million people, belong to low-income families. And in these families, given the figures I'm about to quote, were released in June 2023 and are therefore very fresh, life is indeed tough if not wretched. On average, their total household income per day, total household income per day is only 11 euros. That is 140 Ghana cities, and the average size of the family is five. They must survive on 140 Ghana cities a day. On this meager sum for an entire family, they must keep body and soul together and meet all their earthly needs. And then having to come calling for a bit of this through some extortionate faith leaders that have no mercy when it comes to milking people for money. About 50% of these 11 euros, 140 Ghana cities a day, is spent on food alone. All else must fit into what remains. Remember, I said this is the fate of 68% of our population. Therefore, to survive and cope when a country like ours allows general inflation to hit, 54% and food inflation specifically tops 59.7% in 2022, 90% of parents in these households have changed their eating patterns. 39% skip some meals themselves so that their children can have something to eat. 36% of them mix more expensive products with cheaper ones in order to make a meal go farther. 32% of parents in the low-income category the overwhelming majority in Ghana, bear in mind, reduce the amounts eaten by each person at mealtimes. And 24% serve the cheapest possible foods. This is heartbreaking in the extreme. The report referred to Ghana's food inflation as, quote, suddenly out of control, end of quote. Interestingly, though many Ghanaians think of our nation as a bread-eating nation, only 45% of this segment can afford it now. Everywhere in this country, it will seem there's a church springing up. 
There they chant for God to give us our daily bread. Now even bread is out of our reach. On the streets of Lagos, in typically felicitous pidgin English, you will hear it said, If now butter could delay my daily bread, please, almighty God, give me my bread like that. I get beans. <laughs> now even that bread is denied the ordinary person. The phantom god of the uncaring bourgeoisie, the politicians of the bourgeoisie, and all others have failed most of our people. And a people so failed will one day strike back in anger. For it is true what they say, when the poor have nothing to eat, they will eat the rich. My friend Dr. Nzomo Masito of South Africa likes to say, the poor cannot sleep because they are hungry. And the rich cannot sleep because the poor are awake. Every government of the Fourth Republic, every political party when in power, promises an agricultural revolution, a step up in production of food. Then nothing much happens. The miracle leads nowhere. The much vaunted planting for food and jobs is just another example. The latest in a string of miracles that, if I may borrow Chinua Achebe's description of Shehu Shagari's agricultural policies, gave much food for thought, but nothing for the stomach. As though to set us off in this discussion tonight, Ghana has recently been ranked ninth as the most financially secretive country in Africa. This is according to the Tax Justice Network's Financial Secrecy Index. The Financial Secrecy Index is a ranking of jurisdictions most complicit in helping individuals to hide their finances from the rule of law. Financial secrecy facilitates tax abuse, enables money laundering, and undermines the human rights of all. It is not difficult to see that the sort of democracy we practice, a Santa Claus democracy, has brought us here. The politicians are always giving out money to political party delegates and whoever else as bribes. Then no questions are asked about sources of funds for party financiers. As the guards of West Africa say, we were promised transparency and accountability in the Fourth Republic. Rather, this is where we are. The metropolitan elites, the lumpen bourgeoisie, to use André Gunda Frank's expression, have fashioned out a system where ordinary people cannot track the creation and distribution of loot. A dense and opaque conspiracy for extraction of loot hangs above our heads. This is an existential risk to our country. We will become a narco-state at this rate. A society and politics that will be saturated by and taken over by illicit funds from narcotics trade unless we act now to tear down the walls of opacity. Chuku Norris. Now we must look at some trends across longer periods of the Fourth Republic. Again, in the interest of time, just a few randomly selected ones. And we will not stay detained by the over-focus on financial matrix that has become the bane of our development conversation. It is worth observing that getting accurate and consistent data in our country should be a simpler process. The media should lead the way in bringing our discourse on development to more granular data-led standards. We will all be better for it. I begin with good news. Milk consumption, measured in kilos per capita per annum. At the end of the J.A. era in 2008, this stood at 7.6. By the de jure end of the John Evans Atamil's presidency in 2012, 
It had risen to 8.8, a climb of 120 basis points. During the John Dramani Mahama presidency, the number snaked along slowly and rose by 50 basis points from 8.8 to 9.3. From 2017 till now, a period of six years, the era of Nana Akufuado, this figure moved by 90 basis points, not very much, to 10.2. This, at least, is a story of improvement, however tepid. Let us look at a few other categories, only a few because we do not have much time. Toothpaste, measured in grams per capita per annum. For six years, the consumption per capita has been more or less flat. 0 0.2 in 2017, 0 0.19 in 2018, 0 in 2018, 2019, 2020, then 0.2 in 2021, and dropping to the lowest point at 0.18 in 2022. Bar soaps measured in grams per capita per annum, this too has stayed effectively flat. In 2017, 1.1 in 2017, 1.0 in 2018, 1.1 in 2019 and 2020, 1.2 in 2022, then right back to 2017 levels in 2022 at 1.1. Life expectancy trends. I'm sure everybody is interested in life expectancy because you expect to go home today. <laughs> with the help of my friend Kwame Sapongasiedu, a man knowledgeable about matters to do with healthcare in Ghana, I looked at what was happening to the health of citizens in aggregate. These figures are all taken from NOMA, 2022, and that report is based on WHO 90, two years before, or actually three, before we began the Fourth Republic. Ghana's life expectancy at birth was 55.6 years, ranking 155th out of 193 countries and territories. This improved steadily to 64.7 years in 2019, but the rest of the world had made much more progress. Therefore, with life expectancy up to 64.7 years, Ghana now ranked 156th. We had actually fallen. At the latest check, Ghana has slipped now to 63.8 years. We have been surpassed by post-conflict societies like Rwanda, now at 66.7 years, and Sudan at 65.3 years. Even more worrying is that in 2022, Rwanda and Sudan invested on a per capita basis in healthcare expenditure, 57.5 US dollars and 33.23 per capita per annum, while Ghana invested 84.98 US dollars. What is Ghana not doing right then? It is indeed a worrying situation. Ominously, of Ghanaians who retire at 60 years of age, 60% die by their 65th birthday. Only 3.6% of Ghana's population, according to this report, is above 65 years. This will mean, since the same figure stood at 3.2% in 1966, that in the last 57 years, we have moved this figure by only 40 basis points. When I visited Hainan City in China in April of this year, I was told that there are 7,000 centenarians, people above the age of 100, that is, in that city alone. Accra flooding problem. Since Jerry Rawlings in 1992, through J.A. and then Mills and Mahama to Akufuado, every May, June, Accra floods. 
Each one of these presidents every year has promised to end the problem. They visit the scenes of destruction with media in tow and a train of their colleagues from cabinet like my good friend. <laughs> then video clips go viral of severe flood situations sent by us, the ordinary people. In July, like we are in July now, the rain stop. The citizens forget about the rains. The politicians, government, and opposition stop talking about floods. The media moves on to discuss which celebrities left with who. Until, Mr. Chairman, we are in May, June again, the year after, and the cycle begins anew. Perhaps this is the best characterization of the Great Fourth Republic of Ghana, a merry-go-round of miracles that lead nowhere. Politicians who know they can take the people for granted because the people themselves are not serious about their welfare. For how else can I explain that we leave fatal floods to focus as a nation on which adult is having consensual sex with another in the privacy of their, their homes or whatever else? The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Literacy rates. Even I am stunned by the scale of collapse that the official numbers are reflecting. I am still waiting for official explanation on whether the basis of measurement changed from 2020 and 2022. Else, how does one explain the reported figure of 69.8% for 2022, when in 2010 we were at 71.5%? What happened to free SHS then? Gini coefficient. This, as you all know, is a measure of the degree of inequality in a country. Again, the numbers are startling and show a worsening situation on inequality. In 1998, the Gini coefficient was 40.1. It has steadily worsened to a peak of 43.5% when John Mahama left office and more or less stayed there through the Akufuado era. Open defecation. From 2000 to 2020, a period of two decades, open defecation, two decades, you heard that right, open defecation moved from 21.7 to 17.8%, a move of less than 400 basis points. It may appear to you I'm being uncharitable and that I should celebrate improvement however small. Think about this then. In the period of time that Narendra Modi has been Prime Minister of India, just over eight years, from 2014 to now, open defecation rates in India have dropped from 44% to 15%, according to the World Health Organization. This is a drop of nearly 3,000 basis points in eight years compared to our 400 basis points in 20 years. Make your own conclusions. In 15 years, from 2000 to 2015, Rwanda under Paul Kagame all but eliminated open defecation according to the WHO. Are we serious with this democracy we call the Fourth Republic? What then happened to the so-called rapid expansion in numbers of places of convenience? I end this section by saying that the focus of neoliberals only on financial indicators is dangerous and ruinous. It is important that development be returned to a discussion about the real long-term health of society. What is to be done? Mr. Chairman, the Fourth Republic has been around for three decades. There are many ways in which 30 years is a long time. Jesus Christ lived only three years more. The spectacular transformation of Singapore from third world to first happened in 25 years. In my view, in terms of impact for who else has led 700 million people out of poverty, 
and a nation of 1.4 billion to prosperity, Deng Xiaoping is by a distance the most historically significant leader of a government the human race has ever known. Deng officially led China from 1978 to 1989, 11 years. That is it. When we started the Fourth Republic, Paul Kagame was still a gorilla in the bush. Rwanda was still to undergo genocide in 1994. So how come they have taken a severely damaged society and at least got it functioning again? Yet we are still here watching both MPP and NDC leaders through the years blame the international environment, external shocks, and whatever new vocabulary they produce from time to time. Neoliberals, which is what both the NDC and MPP have become, are generally good poets, it seems. They have catchy slogans to promise miracles that lead nowhere and felicitous phrases to explain away non-delivery. I have elected to look at six areas in the interest of focus. The six areas I will make remarks about are land reforms, chieftaincy, galamse, education, religion, and revamping public sector boards. There are many other particularly important aspects of development, but those will have to wait for another time and or another speaker. Mr. Chairman, we face structural deformities as a nation. We cannot resolve structural problems by tinkering at the edges. Structural problems require structural solutions. Therefore, I do not intend to tinker at the edges this evening. Land reforms. It should be obvious to us all that we are facing a crisis. The existence of heavily armed private militias, euphemistically referred to as land guards, is enough pointer to the crisis. The Achimota School Forest Land Grab. The not-so-transparent sale of state-owned lands in upper-class areas. The matter of relatively short ownership leases, some now down to 30 years and so on. What is going to happen to the expensive buildings standing on such lands once the leases expire? Then there's the vexing issue of allodial lands. In 2023, must we accept as the basis of law that someone owns land because they were first to arrive on it? How was that determined? Who was there when the first person arrived? and so on. Mass chiefs continue to own lands based on conquest. How different is that from the colonialists arguing that they conquered some people and therefore had the right to own their land? Is that not legitimization of brigandage? The questions are many. The current president has himself expressed concern in times past on land litigation. The time is not enough to deal with them all. Can anyone in this room point out just one country in modern human history which did not benefit from either the Atlantic or transatlantic slave trade or colonialism and still made it to development and prosperity without major land reforms. No one can. It does not exist. So why have Ghanaians, some Ghanaians convinced themselves that we will be the first? God loves us for sure, but do we really believe that God loves us more than everybody else in the world? It is obvious to me that the Revised Land Act did not go far enough. It tinkered at the edges. To restore sanity to our land ownership regimes, we like China, Cuba, Vietnam, Thailand, Singapore, South Korea, to some extent Rwanda and some others, must carry out radical reforms. We cannot escape this if we want development. Rather than impose my views, which my questions anyway hint at, I will suggest that we convene some of our best thinkers, the word thinkers does not mean 
only formally educated people. These thinkers must represent the entire range of stakeholders involved in the matter. They must formulate a new land ownership philosophy that will guide the drafting of new laws to govern land in a modern Ghanaian state that wants to prosper. Of course, to do this, we will need a competent state led by determined and decisive people. This neoliberal democracy, with its over-monetized features, cannot deliver that. Governments under this dispensation are corroded by vested interests. If the Center for Development and Democracy was right, India estimates that it takes 100 million US dollars to win a presidential election in Ghana. There are many arising questions. 100 million is called 1 billion in America. In a country with a GDP of much less than $80 billion, where does that sort of money come from? Can anyone raise such amounts and not be beholden to powerful vested interests? Who audits the source of these funds? Could funds channeled to our political actors be an avenue of money laundering? Are we headed to state capture or are we even there? Regrettably on this occasion, I do not have the time to deal comprehensively with this matter. It will have to wait for another occasion, but in the fruits of neoliberal democracy are the seeds of its destruction. Those seeds are over-monetization and primeval greed. Here too, we must take urgent and structural action using the same modalities I suggested for land. True Ku Norris. Chief Tansi, this is a bit of a no-go area for some people. Chiefs are sacred to some aspects of society, but we must be careful of the creation of too many sacred cows if we really want to develop. That chiefs make some useful contributions to society is beyond reasonable dispute, in my view. The question that faces us in 2023 is what exactly should be the role of chiefs in a modern democratic republic? We hear they are custodians of culture. What, though, is culture? Just drumming, singing, dancing, eating, wearing colorful or dark clothes to celebrate or mourn? What about the cultures of science and technology and the internet? Are chiefs then custodians of artificial intelligence and of space exploration? These are matters we must carefully discuss. Are chiefs answerable to the state governance infrastructure in practice and in reality? Do they always seek the permission of state authorities in every nook and cranny of the country before they impose the many curfews and bans and prohibitions they sometimes announce? So that was Yawin Sako, an executive vice president of Unilever UK, delivering a speech at the British Council in Accra, talking about Ghana's unfulfilled potential whether or not the Fourth Republic has delivered. Very insightful thoughts there from Yawin Sako. That's how we wrap up today's edition of the City Breakfast Show on a holiday, August 4. Many, many thanks for listening. My name is Nathan Kwashio, produced by Fred Jabana and Caleb Kuda. Got Fred Odum supported us on technical. We are back on Monday with another exciting episode of the City Breakfast Show. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll see you on Sunday as we launch the Premier League season. And our coverage here on City 97.3. We begin with the community shield between Manchester City and Arsenal is on Sunday. So join us at City TV Studios at Tesano for a wonderful time. All right, take care of yourselves. We'll catch you later. But coming up next is brunch in the city. And once it's a Friday, you know what that means. 
Dynamic Friday. Do enjoy the rest of your day. Take care.